Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Shaky Sports Journeys. Something very, very different today. I'm normally used to looking at one person at the other side of the screen. Today I have four guests joining me. Four guests all have something very much in common. Uh, three have two reasons in common uh, and the other one um, for the reason that they've all captained Scotland national cricket team. Um, and I'm going to go through and introduce them all to you. The reason for the podcast today is we're going to discuss all the World Cups that Scotland have taken part in, um, and uh, we're lucky to have all three captains. So starting with the 1999 World Cup in the United Kingdom, we are joined by George Shalmond. How are you, Dodd? I'm really well, Shaky. Thank you very much for the invitation. Good to see very you welcome. guys as well. Good, good to have you. Great to have you. Moving on to 2007 um, in the Caribbean, we're joined by Craig Wright. How are you doing, Wrighty? Good, Shaky, man. Good to good be man. here. Good man. And then moving forward again, 2015 in Australia and New Zealand, I'm joined by Preston Momsen. How are you, mate? I'm good, Shaky. Thanks very much for having me on. Good man, good man. And last but not least, um, listen, mate, can you concentrate on the podcast? Thank just you. making notes, mate. Um, just just, just making, making sure I don't make a fool of myself, you know? <laughs> I've got, uh, listen, this is a bit, you've got to give you a big introduction, mate. MBE, um, and in recent times, Associate Cricketer of the Decade. Congratulations and welcome to the podcast again, Kyle Kutzer. Thanks, thanks, Shaky. Nice to be on with you, you uh, legends of the game. So thanks for having us. You're welcome, you're welcome. Okay, so let's just dive straight into this then. I'm going to start with your good self, George. Tell me a little bit about your qualification process for the 99 World Cup. So we were... Um, very fortunate, Shaky, because I started playing cricket for Scotland like everybody else who had preceded me and even of that generation. Playing in a World Cup wasn't possible because we didn't have associate member uh, status. So when we got that in the mid-90s, the first tournament that we had the opportunity to qualify through was um, in Malaysia, 97, for the, the 99 World Cup in England, obviously. And there was an element of the unknown for us because although we'd played against the European associate members fairly frequently, the likes of Kenya, Bangladesh, Canada, USA were all very unknown uh, to us at that stage. So we, we headed out to Malaysia and we ended up playing on artificial wickets, which uh, the nature of these particular artificial wickets, they were slow and low to start with, and they got slower and lower, and they just, I, they were just ideal for um, the bowlers that we had in particular, and also for the batters as well, because you know back home we were used to playing on on wickets that weren't you know fast, bouncy, etc. As there there had been in the previous qualification campaign in Kenya, where scores of three hundred plus were the norm. So, you know, if you were able to get 180 on the board first innings, there was a very good chance that you could squeeze the game. So we um, we played very well. We did really well. We got through to the semi-final with Bangladesh and basically win the semi-final in the final and you qualify. We lost that semi-final to Bangladesh, which put us in a third and fourth place playoff with Ireland. And had the Ireland game been abandoned because of weather, they would have gone through on run rate. Oof. And 
almost by your watch. You could have you, you could have you could have predicted the weather by your watch for about a week leading up to that game. Mid afternoon, the the heavens would just open every day, and you know you you'd just go home. Um. So on the first day that we scheduled for this match, it just rained the whole time. There was no play, and the pitch was like a lake. Genuinely, you, you couldn't see puddles. It was just one huge puddle. So I remember going back to the, the hotel that evening and being in the lift with the Irish players who were pretty cock-a-hoop because to all intents and purposes, they were in the World Cup and we were all pretty low because there was, there was no danger the following day was going to be played. Um, the state of the wicket, the, the outfield, the fact that there was going to be more rain, given that there had been for the, the preceding 10 days. And actually the following day was Friday, Holy Day, so we were going to stop for about an hour and a half for prayers anyway, which was going to uh, mean that the, the rain, the impact of the rain was, was going to be even greater. But we turned up the next day, it was warm and muggy. They flew helicopters in to hover over the ground to get rid of the, the water that was there. And suddenly it was game on. And there was that switch where we suddenly were back in the World Cup and Ireland had to engage brains and basically realised that there was a game of cricket. And I think I think it was fairly a fairly big swing. Um, and it didn't rain. You know, the first day in the best part of two weeks, probably, that it hadn't rained. And, you know, we won the game. We did, as I said earlier on, we scored probably high hundreds, 180 or so. And an Ireland lost by 60 or 70 runs just, um, and it was fantastic, obviously. Big celebration that night then, George. Massive. Massive. I remember, I don't, I don't actually, I don't, <laughs> I don't drink myself, but I managed to partake in, in a few drinks and, and the bill went to the chairman the following day and I don't know how many jugs of lager there were and a sneaky 12 vodkas and orange that somebody had had. Can't imagine who that was. <laughs> Brilliant. Listen, I didn't realise that. So the helicopter saving the day. Otherwise, 99 may not have happened. And, you know, it's uh, it just shows you the fine margins there that it could have been, could have been, we, we might not have been having this conversation. Uh, but great, great to hear about that. Moving into 2007, Righty, tell us a bit about your qualification. Um, yeah, well, probably ours maybe wasn't quite as dramatic as uh, as, as the '97 one. Um, we uh, we played in the IC Trophy in, in Ireland, um, North and South Ireland, in 2007. The competition was split up into two groups of six teams, I think it was, um, with four. Uh, five, six qualifiers, five qualifiers at that time. Yeah, five. And um, yeah, the two groups, we, we, we were, the way these things are, work, sometimes the sort of seedings for the groups are done a, bit, uh, a couple of years before. So the way it ended up, the, the groups were slightly skewed and our, our group was a little bit tougher. So the way the competition format worked out always meant one of the stronger teams from our group wasn't gonna go through. Um, but we, we 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 just played really well throughout the tournament. We had a few couple of games that were were tight, um, but we we managed to win to win all the all the games in that tournament. Um, qualified first from the group, and then played Bermuda in the semi final. 
Um, so by the, by the time you qualified for the semi-final, you'd, because there was multiple qualifiers, you'd already qualified for the tournament. So the pressure was off a little bit. Um, but we managed to beat Bermuda in the final, then progressed to the, uh, beat Bermuda, sorry, in the semi-final, and then progressed to the final uh, on a cracking day at Clontarf against Ireland. Um, high scoring game and we managed to managed to win that to, to take the tournament and, and I think seven games, one one oh seven. Um although actually as it transpired, winning the competition, the way the seedings worked then for the for the actual yeah. tournament itself, we then went into a group in the in the actual tournament itself with Australia and South Africa, who at that time were pretty clearly the, the best two ODI teams in the world. Um, so from that point of view Actually, would have been better losing the losing the final and going into the, the group Ireland went into. But of course, you would never ever want to do that against the Irish. So um, and and obviously playing Australia and South Africa in the actual tournament itself was was a fantastic uh, experience. But uh, but no, the, the the tournament itself, these these associate tournaments, generally speaking, are pretty dramatic and come down to run rate or massively close games at some point in in time. But as associate tournaments go, that actually was a relatively smooth um path through as it turned out um and we, we we played consistently well throughout the throughout the tournament we're challenging some of the games but uh we just played consistently well throughout that tournament and i think we were the deserved winners um and went on to the uh, went on to the world cup itself i guess uh again a few celebrations that night there were yeah yeah the, that was a good uh, that was a good night Fun Kyle night. make it the Kyle make it through the evening did we all right because you're only a wee, wee puppy at that point mate. he was just a baby yeah yeah I, I remember making it through um considerably well actually um maybe trying to encourage uh, righty maybe at the wrong time of the evening to get another round round cricket Scotland perhaps but <laughs> <laughs> that was a really dominant performance and I remember I remember following it closely and you guys played fantastic cricket throughout that tournament and you know deserve deserve winners and like you say we went you kind of went into the group of uh, group of death it was a it was a tough tough group to go into but at least you can say you played against those countries at a world cup which is something something to be proud of moving forward 2015 um and oh actually well prior to that the qualifying tournament i think it was was actually out in new zealand if i'm right in saying yeah it was um yeah, they wanted to give, uh, well, simulate conditions, I guess, for the World Cup, which is a fair way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for us, though, um, it's probably important to, like, look at a wider context of, of that qualifying tournament in 2014. Um, there was a 2020 World Cup qualifiers um, about two or three months, about two months before that qualifiers in um, in New Zealand. Um, Craig and Carl, you, you guys were both involved as well. Um, and that that went terrifically for us. Um, didn't qualify. Uh, we're expecting to qualify. Um, and obviously there was there was quite a big gap between our previous uh, attendance at a at a world world cup event. So the pressure was certainly mounting. And um, I remember um, going into the 2014 World Cup qualifiers in New Zealand. Um, Carl was actually the skipper at the start of that tournament before he, before he got injured. Um, and Wrighty was was the coach, um, and I remember the, that that meeting we had before that tournament started, where we just we 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 all had to come clean and come uh, just be honest with one another about what we were actually facing there, because it was quite literally a case of 
most of us there were, were playing for for our careers, playing for our 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 bread on the table. So there was a huge amount of um, you know pressure on us. There was a huge amount at stake. Um, so it was a massive tournament for us. And then we go into game game one, pumped up and you know ready to take on the world, and and we we lost to Nepal. So. You can imagine what a devastating start that was uh, for our Hong campaign. Yeah. Was it Hong Kong? Sorry, sorry, Hong Kong. Hong Kong, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was a big sort of uh, moment, that one. Fortunately for us, we had a quite a long gap between that first game and our next game. And uh, we were stationed in uh, Queenstown for, for that gap. And there's uh, <laughs> this... Uh, um, there's far worse places to be stuck for seven days between your games. Um, and it was a really, it was an amazing sort of coming together as a team there. I remember it. Um, um, and from that moment on, we, we never looked back in that tournament. Uh, things just started to click. Um, I wouldn't say it was smooth sailing the whole way. Um, there was a huge game against Kenya, which, um, you know, uh, Rob Taylor played a, an amazing knock towards the death to, to see us over the line. Um, you know, literally life or death stuff. We we'll lose that game and, and we're out. We're out of the World Cup. Um, so we got through um, again, uh, qualified for the final of the tournament and ended up winning it um, and booking our place in, in New Zealand and Australia. Um, but yeah, that, that was a huge turning point, I would say, certainly in the evolution of, of the Scotland team where it is now. Um, there's a lot of guys who are playing there and They've just gone on and, and developed their careers now and, you know, dominating uh, world-class attacks now, um, tour members and, and beating them, which is, you know, it's, 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 it's hugely, it gives, gives me a huge amount of pride in, in seeing that now. I just want to comment on, on that tournament. I followed that tournament closely. You personally, as a captain and as a leader, really, really announced yourself. I mean, you scored a couple of hundreds, if I, I'm pretty sure, um, during that tournament. Um, and credit to you because, you know, you talk about the pressure there that the team was under and, and you would have been as, as captain. So to step up under that kind of pressure shows your, shows your leadership. And uh, I, I think it was, a, it was a great tournament because back home, I don't think the, the, the hopes were that high. I think we, we realised that the team were, were struggling at the time. So that it was quite a pleasant surprise when you guys did qualify. Not that I'm saying you weren't capable, but the results hadn't been going that way, like you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that... You know, that I think a lot of what we managed to turn around, we sort of discovered in that meeting about we were just honest and we, we actually spoke about what we were trying to do. Uh, whereas previously, I think in qualifying tournaments, it was almost like brush it under the carpet. You know, we had to qualify, but we don't want to talk about it or we don't want to talk about the pressure. Whereas um, I think there was a lot more openness and that, that just got us to to be a little bit more relaxed and just be able to have conversations with another on the field, off the field, and, and you know, share, share the stresses and, and, you know, get through it effectively as a team makes it a whole lot easier. Well, brilliant. Great to listen to. Sure, there was a big party over in, uh, in New Zealand. Uh, there was, uh, I think, well led by uh, a certain Paul Collingwood. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. He was out there with you. Was he, uh, he, was, he was assistant to you, right? Was he a good, great, great right-hand man to have? Yeah, he, he he was great. It was a sort of breath of fresh air, um, just in terms of the the sort of approach we'd decided to take. That Preston mentions there, team was coming off a, a tough sort of year to eighteen months where they hadn't hadn't won an, an awful lot of games, 
Um, and we sort of just made the judgment call to just get everything out in the open and just, as Preston mentioned, it was such a massive tournament in terms of the um, the sort of consequences of not qualifying, you know, professional contract, going, money, going, all that sort of thing. Um, so just decided just to, to get everything out in the open, lay it all out uh, and, and, and sort of be as upfront and, and honest in terms of what lay ahead and to sort of tackle tackle the challenges head on rather than being scared about them or intimidated by them. Uh, and um, it's good to look back in retrospect and, and see that that was the, that was the right approach because the, the boys just, and Preston himself, particularly taking over as captain in that tournament after we lost, obviously one of the key players and the captain and, and Kyle Preston taking on the captaincy and, and I think player of the tournament and yeah, I think it was. Um, Scoring, scoring a heap of runs, leading from the front. It was just it was phenomenal, uh, just in terms of the whole group just stepping up, it, particularly after losing that first game because that was basically a situation where after losing that first game, we had to pretty much, I think, win, yeah. win every single game after that. And, and they just rose the challenge. And, um, and, and I think Preston's right. I think that was the, that was the sort of spark um, and the catalyst yeah. for, for a lot of the things that have happened uh, since then. Yeah, and, and Carl, you might want to add in here, but I know, you know, one of the big things um, we talk about is, and I know Grant talks about is that that meeting in, in Dundee being one of the sort of key moments for, for the team and the route they've taken. But I, I definitely feel that that start of that, that World Cup um, qualifier in New Zealand could possibly be segmented as phase one and that Dundee chat as, as phase two and, and where the, the, the team has gone. Because um, that that 2013 season, um, I was actually looking back in that uh, the the Clarsdale Bank Pro 40, we we lost 12 games on the bounce. So we we, you know, Rati says it was a bad 12 months. You know, the, the results they were bad, and so you know, it was an amazing thing that we managed to turn around there. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think you you recognise moments, don't you? Um, from when a, a, a team's performance all of, it, all of a sudden kick starts and um, having having both those both those meetings I think are real sort of important iconic moments um, in transitions from from a team you, you know because your team will never always go up like that you know it'll, it'll sort of ebb and flow a little bit but you have moments in your career don't you where they're just that you feel yeah, that's right, and we've done the right thing. You know, it doesn't. It never guarantees that you're going to win. It, it can never guarantee that you'll win, but you know, you can only give it the opportunity to to give it a chance to perform and and go the right direction. So I think, yeah, I think you're bang on there. That that was a really important message to send. And another thing that I would say is even going all the way back to when um, Doddy was saying in 1999 um, that. You don't know the opposition. We came up against Hong Kong in our first game, and that was that was you know an unknown side, you know, and and it still happens. These sides develop so quickly, but yeah, um, really important moment. So well done to those. And Preston was absolutely outstanding in that tournament as well, and Righty too taking over sort of reasonably late notice as well. Righty, was he playing football with you boys in the warm up, trying to break a few legs before the tournament? <laughs> was, was, I? Hang on. Uh, was I like your innocent? We're holding him back. Most competitive footballing <laughs> guy in the warm-up, man. You'd think he wants to end careers right there and then flying in here and there. 
You need to get uh, you need to get Cloudy on to ask about that. Did you wipe him out? Did you in one of the warm ups? Couple of times. <laughs> okay, chaps. Great to listen to that. Great to hear about the um, the qualification process. You all done fantastically well. Um, all of you were under pressure right until the to the last minute. Um, moving forward, then, I want to chat to you now about your preparation for the actual competition. So, I'll go back to yourself again, Dodd. Um, what did you guys do? So, when did you start preparation, and when? When did, what, what kind of stuff did you do? Did you go abroad? Anything special? Um, well, well, personally, I got married in the build-up to to it all, and um, came back from honeymoon the day that we flew out for a, a two-week um, trip out to Sharjah, as it was then. I mean, I've been back to Dubai um, two years ago, and it was nothing. I mean, in, in the, the 20 years since the trip out to Sharjah, uh, Dubai has just grown exponentially. It's unbelievable. But we had um, a couple of weeks out there just playing a few uh, bounce matches, one of them under lights against um, local sides, local sides of expats and, and former professionals um, training at bizarre times of the day so that it wasn't too um, too hot for us as well. So that, that was that was really good. Um, and we then was came that, back. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Was that the best preparation for Seaman Dex and, uh, or, or kind of wickets over in the UK? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but I suppose it guaranteed us, because the, the tournament started early May, it guaranteed that we could, we, we knew that we were going to be outside, um, which... Well, that's um, a start, yeah. So you wouldn't have got that in Scotland. That wasn't going to happen. So no. to get outside, you had to go to go over there. But I just think the wickets must have been a big big transition coming coming over back over to the UK. Yeah, and, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking about the evolution of the game um, from now... Um, from from '99, so I suppose through till now, and I look at the amount of travelling that the guys have to do, and clearly, you know that that sounds great, but you know it, it it'll come at a cost as well. But back in the day, I can remember two pre-season tours, '91 um, and '92, I think, to South Africa, and then this trip to Sharjah. That really was the only they were the only trips that we ever had, and by way of any kind of. 12-month competing or um, pre-season preparation. But I can't imagine you, and pro-wise, you never, you, not, very very few of you would have been playing playing professionally. Um, well, I mean, we had, obviously in 99, we had Blaney was at North Ants and Hammy at Yorkshire, mm-hmm. but but that was it. Um, so we, we came back from Sharjah and we had, um, every country was, was based in a city, um, in the UK, in England, I think somebody was maybe based in Cardiff. So we were in Durham, um, and we had a couple of couple of games. We played Durham and we played Yorkshire in uh, warm up matches. We went to Scarborough and played Yorkshire there. The the one thing I remember about that game was was Hammy being hit in the head by Craig White with a beamer, um, and Craig White wasn't slow. And no, it wasn't. Yeah, there was there was a little bit of panic when when that happened, but. Always well. Always well. Now, what, just before we go forward and go through the rest, I'm going to talk to you about selection as well, prior to moving on. So my first question to you on the selection front is, the guy at the top left of the screen right now, um, no selection for Craig Wright. Did you just not like him, or what was the reason? 
Good time to mute, Don. <laughs> <laughs> was that a good answer? <laughs> Listen, you had a tough... I, I was looking at your squad. You, you, you know, you had a handful of all-rounders. Um, you, had obviously, you obviously had Hammy. Um, you had Brinkley. Williamson and Stanger. Were they maybe the two? They they were maybe the two guys that the righty was probably up against competition wise. Yeah, prob- um, possibly so. There, there were a couple right righty, and I would say Bryn Lockie were 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 two of the big decisions that I remember round about that time. And certainly um, Ian Stanger, Greg Williamson, and Pete Steindl would mm-hmm. have been um, probably the competition there. Greg, Greg was. Um, I can't remember actually for the the World Cup. I think he probably, I think he was, um, but he was. If he wasn't at the World Cup, latterly he was vice captain, and you know was was a you know, brilliant vice captain. Um, oh. I just remember it as being really tough, and um, not so much righty. I, I can't remember. Maybe Craig does remember who um, who spoke to him. I think it was maybe Jim. Um, love that had broken that news to him, but I remember speaking to Bryn, and and that was that was a really tough conversation. But um, yeah, it's it's never nice, and I'm sure sure Craig's gone through the same process as coach and captain now as well. And you know, there's there's no easy way to do it because you know the 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 decision is the decision, and any kind of reasoning behind it probably. You don't hear at the time, but maybe experience tells you that you know your time will come. Craig's time came; he did brilliantly, and um, fair play to him for for sticking in. Righty, any comments? How'd you you broken hearted at the time? But that's oh, yeah, yeah. Up. I mean, well, no, I, I was absolutely absolutely devastated. Um, one of my ambitions in cricket was to play in a World Cup, and I think probably at the time I hadn't been and hadn't hadn't wasn't that long before I'd made my debut. I made my debut in, at the end of the 97 season. But I, f- I, felt, I'd, I felt I'd done well enough in 98. Um, you got five for against Wooster. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, f- I felt I'd done well enough to, to, to merit a place. And I felt I was consistently playing better than some of the people who were ulti- ultimately selected. And, and even in club cricket, which largely speaking was was where you had to be picked from, because there wasn't that, there wasn't that much other stuff going on. Um, but then, but then on the flip side, you know, Gav Gav Hamilton was available for the World Cup, which he wasn't always available for the other Scotland games. And actually, as it transpired, I, I was first reserve because Gav was actually on the verge of on the brink of getting picked for England. England. Yeah. So if, if Gav had been picked for England, um, then I would I would have made the made our squad. Um, but actually, you know, it, it wasn't Gav's fault. I, I, I felt I justified it was it was one or two of the others. But you know, having been through the process many times now on, on the coaching side and the selection side, you know, I can totally see it from from both angles now. And, and coaches have to go with the players that they feel are they feel are right. And and that was, that was what happened. But from a personal point of view, it definitely made me a lot more determined uh, moving forward that that sort of situation would never happen again. And that further down the, down the line, we'd qualify again and, and, and I'd be involved, which fortunately, um, after the disappointment of missing out in 2001, when we didn't qualify, then we managed to, managed to do it obviously in, in 2005. And, and I got... Uh, 
I got involved in 2007. But yeah, 99 was a was it was a tough one to stomach. I, I can't uh, can't deny that. It's one of these ones, Kaz. That's you know, with the, as the qualifications changed now, but certainly back then, where you know, 97 and 2001, only th- only three teams were qualifying. Um, and then not qualifying for the 2003 World Cup, you know, you, it's such a big thing, you know, you know, to be playing on the world stage against the best teams, you know, you, you dream about these things. It's, you know, there's so many different cliches that you can throw out there, but um, to qualify and, and to not get picked clearly is going to be very disappointing because there's no guarantee that come the next World Cup that you're even going to qualify and, and have an opportunity to play. So, yeah, tough. Tough. Don't worry, Dodd. I've got a couple of questions lined up for righty as well, so don't you worry. I, I see you, 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 you. I put you in the hot seat there. You handled it well, mate. Well done. I'm moving on now. Just before, sorry, just before I could move on there, George, were you, were you happy with your squad then? Batting, batting line up, bowling attack. I thought you had a really strong bowling attack at that tournament. I mean, you had a bit, you had a bit of everything. I seen but opening up with uh, with Blaney, Gav, Brinkley, and then uh, I think it was Dyer was the was the off spinner. Were you quite happy with that attack? Yeah, do you know, we, we had a really good, really good attack. And what, what helped us as well was, that, you know, the fact that we were playing early on in the season, the white ball was swinging around corners. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, one of the things that was tricky about that was actually controlling it. A lot of teams could uh, struggle to control it in the first 10 overs. There were lots of extras. Um, you know, we, we had Pakistan 69 for... Um, might have even been five mm-hmm. um, and of that about 30 were extras um, but similarly in the first game against Australia I think we benefited from getting 20 or 30 extras in our total as well so it was something that everybody had to come to terms with but you know we'd a, we'd a good team to exploit that as, as much as we could. Righty, um, preparation, um, what did you get, what did you guys get up to? Yeah, I think our preparation actually was was, was pretty amazing, to be honest. Um, we obviously the tournament tournament was in uh, in the West Indies, and, and we went a year ahead of the competition, sort of around Easter time, twenty uh, two thousand six. We toured uh, Barbados and had had a few weeks um, preparing, playing some games, training. Um, so a year, a year ahead of a year ahead of the event, which was you know a great start. And then over the the winter, so the World Cup was in sort of end of March, April two thousand and seven. In the sort of December two thousand and six, we, we toured, played a series against Bangladesh, and then in January, January early February, we went to Kenya, and played a played a World Cricket League. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, played a series against Kenya and Canada in the January, and then went straight. To, to Nairobi to play a World Cricket League for the top six associate teams, played a round robin competition, uh, then went home for a couple of weeks, and then went to then went to the West Indies early for a bit, bit of preparation, and then into the competition. So, I mean, basically from from probably early to mid December, maybe in two thousand six, right through to the end of the World Cup, um, mid April, end of April, we we were we were pretty much playing. And training training full time, so you know the prep preparation was was fantastic. Um, couldn't couldn't really argue with uh, with what we had. I mean, the ICC, in fairness to them, at that stage were 
were investing quite heavily in, in the high performance countries and, and the teams that had, had qualified for the World Cup. So, so we had we had some great prep. Um, actually, not probably ref, not reflected in, in our performance in the, when the tournament came around, unfortunately. But the, the preparation, I think, um, in terms of what we got to do, was was pretty pretty excellent. In contrast, there from ninety nine to two thousand and seven, bloody hell, two yeah. weeks in Sharjah, you know, and compared to pretty much a twelve months. 12 months, you know, of different different tournaments, different different situations, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big difference there. Again, I, think, I think, sorry, so just the other yeah. thing to add to that, Shaky, as well, is, is, is at that time we were obviously playing uh, in the county tournaments and mm -hmm. playing, I can't remember exactly how many games it was at that stage in, in the season, but it was certainly multiples of the games that George's team would have played back, although they were we were involved in the in the county competition at that time. It was only probably what was it, maybe four or five games Dodd at that time against the counties. So I mean, the, the amount of cricket that we played, and not just the amount of cricket we played, but the amount of cricket at a really really good level, was was absolutely superb through through that period. So in terms of preparation, you couldn't really argue. One thing maybe that still wasn't quite up to speed at that time was we we still had a largely largely amateur. And maybe some semi-professional players, so we didn't get the full squad together all the time. So, like, so Dougie Brown, Gav Blaney was still involved in county cricket at that time. Uh, Kyle, um, some of the, some of the guys who were in and around the squad involved in county cricket weren't weren't with us an awful lot. And actually, I know you're going to come on to talk about selection, but actually, that probably was one of the things that cost Kyle at that time in terms of involvement. Yeah, so that was going to be my next question. We're going to chat about selection. And I'm not going to let you get away with it easily since I put God in the hot seat. Um, associate cricketer of the decade doesn't get a gig in the 2007 World Cup. Why? That was a different decade. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how long a day. Okay, right. Does it, you've, you've got... You've got well, he, well, he goes, well, he goes on to be... Well, the other thing is, he was part of your 2005... Um, winning squad. I know you didn't play much out there, but I mean, you do say something that's interesting there. You probably just weren't seeing enough of them in front of you to to make that selection with full confidence. Yeah, I mean, my, my memory of that, I mean, you made your debut, Kyle, 2003, was it? I think that was about right, yeah. So, I mean, I think for, from your debut in 2003 till the World Cup in 2007, I'd, can't obviously I don't have the knowledge to hand in terms of how many games you played for Scotland, but it doesn't it doesn't from memory seem to be that many. Uh, I I I didn't I hadn't played a, a whole heap of runs, no, a whole heap of games at all to be to be fair. And um, just just for the record, in terms of um, my two stints at fifty over World Cup qualifiers up to that point <laughs> was I got zero in the qualifier and Ireland and nicked off first ball against. Um, Oh man, maybe I'm not sure. And um, I played one game against Hong Kong as captain, and and then got injured and didn't get any runs, and actually maybe got a wicket. But that that was my two stints as uh, leading up to two qualification tournaments for for World Cup. So wasn't the best to that point. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't think I played a whole heap. Look, I was I think 2007. I would have been about 22 or 23, maybe. So still, still certainly learning the game. But I think my, my, my memory of that is that is that one of the key things that counted against Kyle at that time was that um, we, we hadn't seen a lot of him. And also, the, 
the, the coach at Durham at that time, Jeff Cook, wasn't massively supportive of, of Kyle coming and playing for Scotland, which maybe, maybe again counted against you in terms of games you might have played had it been a, a slightly better relationship. Um, and, and then, you know, that, that's, that's my main memory of, um, of, of why ultimately you, 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 didn't get, you didn't get picked. But, I mean, obviously you played before, so we, we obviously knew what a good player um, you were. Um, but in terms of the actual, the actual specifics of the World Cup, that, that's, that's my only real memory um, was that just, just we, hadn't, we, hadn't, we, hadn't, we hadn't seen him. And I don't know, had you, had you played that much for the first team at Durham at that stage? Uh, 2007 was roughly when I started playing, maybe the year before, perhaps. So I had just sort of broke into that first team. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember Scotland having a, a, a really good team. Uh, you know, like the team was obviously good, qualified for World Cup, you deserve to be there. Um, but I also, I think I had loads of doubts as a, as a player as well. You know, you go through those phases um, as, as a player. But I... I remember training pretty well uh, leading up to before the squad getting announced. And I, I did go to the West Indies prior to that um, with no real significant performances. You know, I was still still certainly learning the game. And, um, you know, I, there's no... The, I, I honestly didn't feel as if I deserved to, to be there, perhaps. But obviously I was disappointed, you know, because I was still learning the ropes. I mean, it's, it's certainly that's one not, thing. That's not letting you off the hook, though, righty. Sorry, go on. <laughs> that's not letting you off the hook, though. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect you to. But I mean, I, I will say, you know, in, in retrospect, and I'd be interested to hear George's opinions on this. But what one of one of my big um, bugbears about not getting picked in '99, um, and the same thing would apply to Dougie Lockhart, to Colin Smith, to Drew Parsons back in, in those days, was that. The, the, the 1999 World Cup team was coming towards the end of its cycle and probably the same thing could apply to our team in 2007. And I just felt back in 99, there was a, there was a bit of a, a missed opportunity to, 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 to take players like myself and maybe Dougie and, and Colin and uh, Drew Parsons because um, a lot of the 99 team didn't play much at all after that. And then the same thing to an extent is true of 2007. And Kyle maybe falls into a similar sort of category that that I did, although I was a little bit older and maybe had played a little bit more for Scotland um, uh, prior to '99 than he had prior to 2007. I'm not sure, um, but similar sort of thing that it was probably two teams coming towards the end of their cycle, and maybe there was a bit of a missed opportunity there to get one or two other younger players involved who were going to be the be the future. No, very interesting to listen to. Um, I think that's a fair point. Sorry, sorry, guys. Fair, yeah, fair point. point. Fair point, righty. On a couple of fronts, um, I, one of the regrets I've got probably about the World Cup is that not everybody in the squad actually ended up playing a game. And, and although you don't just give people um, caps or, or appearances, you know, I, I, you know, I, I think if if over the, the course of the the five games, I think there was an opportunity. We didn't play that well in all the games to. To justify not changing the team, if you see what I mean, um, and that would have been an opportunity to blood. I think in hindsight, you know, um, younger players coming through, you know, a bit like India did way back in the day with Sachin Tendulkar going on tours before he was probably going to play, just so that he could sample being in and around what a tour is like. So I think with hindsight, that's a it's a fair. 
fair point. You were all very honest there on the selection front. Um, I think you've all you've all handled that very well. Moving forward, then, Mr. Momsen, um, tell me a bit about your preparation for the the World Cup out in Oz and, and New Zealand. Yeah, well, I mean, as you can imagine, uh, we we're extremely excited coming back from New Zealand, having qualified, um, and the the schedule pulled together by the the staff was was pretty impressive, to be honest. And it was probably the first time in in our careers where you know we were full time proper cricketers um training playing playing training playing um constantly uh, which is you know what it was all about and that's why qualifying was so important so that we had some structure to our season and something to to build towards and and work towards as a as a team um so we had New Zealand A come over um in that 2014 summer um, extremely strong New Zealand day um, played against them in, in air and I think in Edinburgh as well um, and completely outplayed by a world-class team I remember um, Grant Elliott I think he, he might have got two tons um, on the tour but he, he just gave us an absolute um, display on, on how to in particular how to play spin um, spin bowling and that, that sort of um, just opened our eyes a bit and it was quite a good time to be playing against a quality outfit like that. Um, <clears throat> and then I think latterly in that summer, we, we had a batting camp in Dubai um, with Matt Maynard. Um, again, it was a 10-day camp. Um, but again, that was all about... Um, Wardy, Preston Wardy went as well, didn't he? <laughs> he came with his bowling boots. <laughs> He made sure he was on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, he steamed in. Um, but yeah, that, that was really, uh, it was sort of trying to just get us to be a bit more expressive and open in our batting. And again, that for, for me personally, that was a, quite, a, quite a steep uh, learning curve over those t 10 days, working with someone like Matt Maynard, um, brilliant coach. Um, and again, we could feel our sort of, as a batting unit, certainly, we, we were developing and growing and, and expanding our game. Um, and, you know, we were making good progress. Um, and then we, then we went out again to New Zealand and Australia um, and had six or seven very tough games um, against, um, against franchises. And we had a game against New Ze uh, a very strong New Zealand eleven. Um, at Lincoln, I don't know if you if you guys remember that one where we lost by one run, chasing two sixty odd, um, and you know that that was a full, pretty much a full New Zealand eleven. Brennan McCullum, um, um, all all the big big names, Latham, um, Vittori were playing, um, but I think that that gave us a huge amount of confidence because um, you know. It, it was never going to be an easy tour um, going and playing in those conditions. Um, but it was, it was a, it was a proper pre world cup warm up tour. Um, give ourselves a chance to, to get used to the conditions that we would be playing in. Um, and I think, you know, fair play to, to the support, support staff, actually, when I look back now, um, you know, that, that was, that was ticking a lot of boxes, not, not just for the sake of it, but, um, you know, we got very good preparation, preparation ahead of that, um, that 2015 World Cup, and and yeah, you, you you know you joke about George's trip to Dubai, but you know that that shows the sort of progress that 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 has been made over the years and the professionalism that that has set in. Um, 
so that was a uh, yeah very important tour for us um and although i think we only won two of the six or seven games um they were tough games and we were tested in those conditions um and i think it, it you know it prepared us well it gave us enough confidence going into that that world cup and at the start of 2015 that that we were ready there were there weren't going to be any major surprises when we arrived in in australia or in new zealand um and yeah we we, we definitely felt ready and i think you could tell immediately in, in our couple of warm-up games prior to the start of the World Cup, um, where we played against Ireland, we smashed them by 120 odd runs, and we we lost to West Indies by by three runs at the SCG. Um, so we were we were definitely in a good place, and we were well prepared and ready for that that World Cup. There's no there's no doubt about that. Selections, I can't actually remember any of the tasty challenges that you had. I don't have a name to chuck at you, which I'm a bit gutted about. Um, who did you leave out that was uh, was in contention? Salmond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was there was a tough one with with Gauds. Um, you know, he he's been uh, 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 yeah. What can I say about Gauds? You know, he's he's always worn his heart on his sleeve. He's been a, a very proud Scotland performer, and he's put in some incredible performances over the years. You know, a fifer against Australia. Not many people can boast about a, about a performance like that. Um, also a very good friend and, you know, an amazing guy. So, and he was part of obviously the, the, the qualifying team at the qualifiers. Um, so that, that was a, a tough one, I think. Um, it was sort of in that transition period of we could now start picking county players. And, and so there's a bit more competition and depth that had, had mm. come in. Um, selection wise, I, I think another big thing to bear in mind is that um, we didn't have uh, a left arm spinner or a, a leg spinner or anyone who could take away from the bat. And that, that was probably more of a selection dilemma. Um, you know, going to, to Australia and New Zealand, playing in a 50 over tournament without that in your armory was always going to be tough. Um, and, I, know Moni, uh, I know Moni went to New Zealand, but did he just not, not do enough to put his, his hand in the hat? Yeah. Again, similar to Gars, Moni, um, absolutely fantastic guy um, and what a great Scotland performer as well. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, just it was a case that we just couldn't rely on him for 10 overs in a, in a 50 over game, um, unfortunately. But, you know, we see someone certainly you would, you would love to have around um, top guy. It's worth, it's worth it's worth saying just actually just when we're talking about Icky, um, just how important and 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 this goes back to perhaps my non-selection in '99. One of the things that might have counted against me might have been that I might not have been the best one for sitting on the bench. Um, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Um, but I mean, Moni uh, and and Gordon Drummond would be the other one in 2014 for the qualifying tournament just how successful that tournament was. One of the big things about that tournament in particular was was actually how good those guys were. Because I, I think I think maybe Icky played one game. We've played a lot of games. He played one game in Drummond, maybe even didn't play any play any at all. But they were absolutely outstanding. Um, so it's, it's then unfortunate when guys like that aren't involved when the big prize comes around. Um, but it was just worth mentioning those, those two in particular. Yeah. My memory of that 2014 tournament with them not playing but still contributing really, really well to, to the to the squad dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, they certainly, you know, you talk about adding value to a team. And that's not just adding value on the park, but 
it's what was what they brought off the field. I know Drummer in particular. He, personally, for me, he was the guy who gave me throwdowns every morning before a game. So I'll, I'll be forever grateful to him. He knows that. I know that. Um, Never gave me a throwdown in his life, man. <laughs> What's going on here? Hey, Drummer, you got your favourites, have you, mate? Um, look, great, great, great to listen. Great to listen to all of that. Let's get into the World Cup then. Let's get into the, 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 the fun times of it now. Um, listen, 99 World Cup seems like it was yesterday. I mean, Kyle, before I speak to, to Dodd about that, I mean, we were probably, what, 12, 13, maybe around, around that age. 99 World Cup was just everything. I remember it like it was it was yesterday, how excited you were as kids to see your, your, kind of, your senior, your Scottish team playing in the World Cup. Yeah, shaky. It was unbelievable to watch. You know, um, I'm not sure whether I should be admitting this or not, but I actually got a passport photo taken in my Scotland uh, replica shirt, and it was in my passport for obviously ten years. So um, it was. Um, it, it wasn't any of the players. It was a replica shirt, but I, I remember watching um, George and and his team and being amazed by you know seeing them on the TV, and it was a real inspiration to me. Well, I'll start with the first game. And let's just talk about your group, for, first of all, Dodd. So, Australia, Pakistan, Bangladesh, West Indies and New Zealand, um, which included two home games at the Grange, which is obviously very historical to have a couple of World Cup games there. But if I'm right in saying Australia, Worcester, first game, I remember it because I was there in the crowd. Um, talk to me about going into going into that game and... I mean, you're obviously playing against the eventual winners. A serious team in Australia. Were you confident of a big win? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, I think again that I mean, just thinking about this this um, discussion coming up, and without wanting to sound too melodramatic, you know, even listening to Kyle there, to 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 look back now and think. You know where Scotland, Scottish cricket is now. Certainly not going to take any of the credit, or I'm sure sort of peers aren't going to take any of the credit for that. But in a small way, to maybe even have got the Scotland squad, Scotland cricket, even towards the start line of what they've gone on to do is, you know, to have been involved in that evolution is just amazing. No, I mean, in all honesty, you know, we we wanted to compete. Clearly, there were um, there was the match against Bangladesh that you know we would uh, target as being a really good chance of winning. They'd toured Scotland the year before. We'd played them in a one day and a three day um, series. We'd done really well against them. So there was that, and, and you know you want to compete for as long as possible in a match against the top boys. But realistically, it was it was going to be difficult. Certainly going to be difficult to get out of the group. Um, but I mean, the, the, the game at Worcester, I remember being in the team bus and driving through the, the centre of Worcester and seeing um, rampant line flags, salt tyres flying and genuinely thinking, is there a football match on today as well? Everybody going to the pub, not realising that, you know, they were all heading to, um, to the cricket ground. And it really wasn't until um, Bodden Philpe walked out to open the batting and the whole ground stood up that you got that sense of, 
you know, just how many Scottish fans were down there. And it was, it was just amazing. It all started off pretty well. Was it not the first ball? Bod hit Fleming. Beautiful cover drive through cover for four. Yeah, I mean, I think there were still tears in my eyes. I don't know how he saw the ball. Bod doesn't tend to get quite as sort of sentimental, I suppose, as, as, as maybe I did. But um, proper cover drive for four. So, you know, um, it was a great start. And, do you know, we stuck in. I, I remember going out to bat myself and, you know, a couple of names to throw down straight away. When I went out, number four, um, I think it was number four anyway, Smithy, Mike Smith was at the other end. And Glenn McGrath, Shane Warren were bowling. And I can remember facing a couple of balls and then going down and having a chat with Mike. And we just decided, listen, we're going to have one with our name on it. Let's make sure if we're here for half an hour, an hour or longer, you know, we, we have a bit of fun. So we, we took a few risks. I'd ever so slightly, I was going to say, George, I was concerned for your life a couple of times. You came <laughs> charging down the wicket to McGrath a couple of times. But fair play. Yeah, and I keep saying I came down the wicket to Lee as well. <laughs> not Brett Lee, it was his brother Shane Lee who didn't bowl with quite the same same speed but uh, you know, I, I can just remember it being great fun I was a bit worried about you Dodd actually going into the tournament and the reason I was a bit worried about you is I didn't know if your head was going to be on the job completely and the reason that was is a, is a, is a little media day that you had just leading into the tournament where you got very cosy with the model Caprice did, you know, were you focused fully when you went out? Were you ready to face that first ball, or were you still thinking about uh, Caprice at the time? Or... Yeah, do you know we can? She and I, we we have we were able to separate work from from pleasure, so it was always fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Mrs. Know. Salmon, Mrs. Salmon was never in any trouble. Oh. You know, she wasn't. She looked really. She was loving you, George. I remember it on the news. She was. She was loving you. You were like a little teddy bear. <laughs> we were coming back from the when we qualified in '97 for the World Cup. We also qualified for the Commonwealth Games in '98. I don't know how it was. We didn't know that we were even trying to qualify for that. But I think um, during the celebrations, Jim Love maybe said, "Oh, by the way, that's us playing in the, the Commonwealth Games as well." It just seemed to happen. And on the way back from from that qualify from from the Commonwealth Games, sorry. Um, there was a, um, I was sitting on the plane and, and, and Jim came up and said, oh, there's a, there's a photo opportunity. Would you stay behind another day? And of course, my fiance at the time, um, believe it or not, she maybe wouldn't be now, but she was quite keen for me to get home. I'd been away for quite a long time. So to spend another night in London when everybody else was coming home was, um, I had to sort of do a bit of smooth talking to get that. But um, there was a, there was a, a representative from most of the teams there for the photo shoot. So Alex Stewart, Franklin Rose from the West Indies. I think Adam Holyoke was there as well. Um, Sackley Mushtak were there. And um, yeah, Caprice only did the one-to-one -one shots with me. Brilliant. Loved it. Look, the first innings, I thought you, you, you came out, like you said, you played aggressively. Gav, I think Gav got 30-odd maybe as well. And you looked to play quite, you know, you're playing positive cricket. Um, and safe to say, when you came out to field, you at least had something to bowl at. And you had them, I mean, you got, you knocked over a, a good couple of, I think you got them five down, chasing it in the the War Brothers scene at home. Yeah, we, we, we got them four down. We, we got 180, mm -hmm. um, which, which, you know, 
competitive at, at that time, took them to the 45th over to get it, which again, you know, from their point of view, it's perfectly comfortable, but, you know, it was competitive. Um, Darren Lehman, I think, was out for a duck, mm -hmm. got a fair bit of stick from the crowd. And I always remember what, one of the things that was really good to do, um, Nick Dyer was bowling off spin. And when Steve Waugh came in, we were able to apply, you know, a bit of pressure. We had a, a, um, a somebody in, you know, in close on the offside and a slip, you know, so we were, we were putting a bit of pressure on, you know, looking to take wickets, but, you know, they always had it. Um, you know, Mark Waugh batted really well, but, you know, we, we, we gave them a, a little run for the money. Yeah, no, I thought it was a good, I thought it was a, it was a good start. And then you go straight into the Pakistan game, um, which again, another great performance with the ball. A couple of the, couple of decisions go away. I remember Gav had Inzaman plum LBW. I mean, you could have been... Was that an example of being a minnow coming into a tournament and the umpire not getting the old finger up? Um, and, you know, I think um, I wouldn't want to play that card necessarily. It's What uh, did you think at the time, though, Dodd? What were you calling him under your breath at the time? Um, what's the R rating on this, Shaky? <laughs> <laughs> we're all right, we're all right. I, I yeah. Think I think there was another one um, that was even more adjacent with Wazi Makram as well. Mm -hmm. He and Moen Khan went on to, to sort of rescue their innings because they mm -hmm. were under the pump a bit at 60-odd for five. Um, Blaney and Asim Butt um, in particular had bowled really well. And then um, Brinks and Hami came on and, and backed that up as well. So, you know, 260 was always you know, a bit more than probably would have been comfortable chasing in particular. Would they have with... got that many if Gav hadn't dropped Wazi Makram on the boundary? I was sure to remind him of that during our podcast. Yeah, I was glad that you picked that one up, but, uh, you know, can happen to the best of us, I suppose. But what, what I remember about that game as well, the lead-up to that, Pakistan, I think, in their first match, had played um, the West Indies at Bristol. And there was a heap of chat about this bowler, Shoab Akhtar, who was very close to breaking the 100 mile an hour barrier. But down at Bristol, they hadn't had any of the speed guns or the requisite television cameras there to actually pick it up. But there was a whole heap of hype because do you know what? They're going to bring all that to Durham. So you can imagine how delighted we were to know um, as the batters that, that he'd be pushing himself off the sight screen trying to break the hundred mile an hour barrier and if you ever get a chance to see the ball that you got Mike Smith out with you know not only was it rapid but you know it pitched on leg and I think it hit the top of off as well it was just it was mental I, I was behind the I was actually next to the sight screen but I managed to get round the ground I was actually sitting at cover but I wanted to see short show a ball from behind and I was I was I was worried for a few of you but I mean it was exciting to watch but he was absolutely it was frightening quick and he wasn't holding back he was steaming in that day yeah did you see it did you see any you see it yeah it's just it's about reacting in time as well which which is always always tricky we'd faced him out in the commonwealth games as well he'd, he'd been across there but a complete unknown certainly to us but the chat around the, the athletes village keep throwing that phrase in as much as i can chat around the athletes village was that you know he's the quickest guy um on the planet at the moment and you know 
Sure enough. And the other guy from the other end wasn't too bad either. Wazi Makram, you know, hooping around corners at good good pace. I think he cleaned up Ian Stanger with it. It was like it was just an unplayable, unplayable delivery. Uh, but Gav Hamilton comes out and, and announces himself on the World Cup stage. Uh, lets England know that they maybe missed a trick, but that's the, that's 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 their their problem. And blazed uh was it was it seventy? Yeah, he got seventy odd and just you know absolutely deserved it because you know Hammy Hammy just that tournament was and I'm sure others um sitting here will have played with him beyond that as well. But he was just phenomenal, you know, as a as a relatively young player, but you know, very experienced given his county um county work with, with Yorkshire. He was just brilliant having the change room and his captain, you know, he just got that balance right about giving advice, not taking over, just the good guy that he is, just just great. And and you know, we were all just so delighted with the way that he performed as well and his subsequent selection for um the England tour to South Africa. Yeah, no, it was it was it was fantastic fantastic to watch. Righty, um Kyle. Preston, I don't know how much you would have remembered of, of, of the 99 World Cup. Um, but what what were your thoughts after those first couple of games? Um, what were you thinking? How did you think the guys performed? Um, did you think they had a chance to win a game later in the tournament, potentially? Well, I remember, I remember sitting at home and watching that first, watching Dodd hitting that first ball through the covers. I just thought that was magnificent. Um, obviously, I wanted to be there myself, but uh, it was great to see us sort of stamping our authority on the tournament from from the first ball. Um, but from from memory, the the big the big game for us in that uh, tournament, I think, as Dodd mentioned earlier on, was the Bangladesh game. Mm-hmm. That at that time, um, you know, we were an up and coming country; they were an up and coming country. And as Dodd said, we'd played them the year before, and we. We beat them, I think, 2-0 in the one-day series and drew the three-day game. So, you know, we were, we were sort of on a par, really, or even in our own conditions, a little bit ahead of them. And I think just politically, the Bangladesh game was a massive one for us. Um, and, I, and I was at the at the two games at Grange. So I was at the Bangladesh game and I was at the New Zealand game at, at Grange. And I can remember us having Bangladesh 20-odd for five or 20-odd for six. And did we... 29 for five and then we... We there was another catch went down we in the slip. Catch, we missed a catch, and I was just thinking, you know, at that stage, look, this is just amazing. This could be such a sort of seismic victory for us, just in, on on the world stage in terms of where it puts us politically, sort of thing. And then um, they scrap, they scraped together one sixty or one eighty five. Yes, they got they got more than they should have done from where they were. But then we were we were we were doing okay, and then did something happened, Gav. Was it an unfortunate dismissal or something? And then, it, then we just we, we fell short, and I just remember being being gutted about that game in, in particular. Yeah, Hammy Hammy was batting beautifully again, and he was at the non-striker's end, and Alec Davies, um, as he did, you know, very good hitting straight back down the ground, hit a straight drive. Um, Bola got a touch on it, and Hammy was run out which it was a pivotal moment, but, you know, like everything else in sport, a good team would survive that and still win the game. You know, we'd not batted well enough top order there to to have enough in the bag, but I think we fell short by about 20 runs. But, I mean, just 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 in general, uh, you know, again, from memory, it was such a massive, and Dodd alluded to it earlier, it was just such a massive tournament for us as well, just in terms of the growth of the game in, in Scotland, because really... Up until that point, cricket had never been 
high profile at any stage, really, in the media and that type of thing. And, and here was a tournament being played on home soil, on television, in the media, blah, blah, blah. So, you, you know, you see it from yourself, from Kyle, from all, all the young... I mean, I remember Cloudy in the... So many of the so many of the guys like yourselves who've gone on and, and represented Scotland and I'm sure hundreds and hundreds around the country who, who didn't quite get to, to represent the level, you know, that, that tournament has had such a massive a massive impact on them. And and from my point of view, even though I'm a bit older than you guys, it was massive as well because I grew up loving cricket and in the same situation as, as George for the first part of my cricketing life, if you want to call it that, th there was no opportunity to play in a World Cup, and then suddenly there was, and that that was a massive that was a massive thing for me um, at that point in time as well. Obviously, disappointed to miss out on being selected for that one, but you know that that opportunity wasn't there when I started playing cricket as a sort of 13, 14 year old, um, and then suddenly it appeared, uh, and there was suddenly something to to, re to really aspire to. Uh, within the game in, in Scotland, and, and obviously things have, have kicked on from from then. Kyle, when we touched on it there at the start, um, I know for me personally, again, I'll, I'll say this: the '99 World Cup was probably just such an inspiration to to want to be in that situation, to be playing for your country in a World Cup. What about yourself? Yeah, I I think first of all the. A, an important message to to go out to the ICC really and 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 those involved is how big an impact it did have on on our on our country and and I remember seeing neighbours in our street and uh, we we are my I've got two older brothers and my old man we all played uh, for for Stonywood Dice and um, but I remember uh, our neighbours all of a sudden we didn't know they play cricket they're off going. Playing cricket, you know, like when Wimbledon's on, you see kids going out with their tennis rackets and they're out playing. I I do remember seeing in the park all of a sudden there's other people playing cricket. So that that's the important message I think that sometimes gets overlooked when when the the numbers are um, being reduced in terms of 50 over World Cup, which in my opinion is the pinnacle for a for a Scottish player. I know T20 is important for the World Game and all that, and obviously Test cricket has its place, but. Uh, for a Scottish player, in my opinion, it, uh, 50 over World Cup is is the pinnacle, and and the impact that it has um, within the country uh, and within the other countries that do manage to qualify is 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 huge. So uh, and it certainly played a huge part in my career. Um, you know, whenever me and you shaky would turn up and play, you'd be running in like um, trying to run in like Azim Button. Yeah. Um, so to knock my toes off, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Um, there, there were there were battles there that 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 we would play out, probably trying to trying to mimic um, what we had seen, you know, at the time. You know, people that we were seeing as heroes to us within Scotland. And I just think I just think it gets overlooked in the world game. I think the ICC underestimate that the value that has, and and I think it's a real message that that, that gets missed. We're still going to come on to some of the tasty stuff because we've still got Preston Momsen lined up to discuss his campaign at the end and he was all guns blazing with the media so we're going to get to that. But Preston, just some comments on the 99 World Cup. I mean, obviously you probably weren't, you probably weren't in Scotland at that time but did you do a bit of digging into the archives prior to your uh, World Cup to look into it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, George talks about that being a part of the evolution and 100% that, that is the case. Um because you know what, before I obviously moved over to to Scotland to to try and play for the country, I 
definitely you know i did my research and looked into to what what the team had been involved in and, and the 99 world cup was was a big part of, of my decision making uh, definitely so um just shows how important and you know it's what Carl's saying is, is to be on that world stage um, and inspiring an, uh, the next generation and, and that's exactly what the guys in 99 did and the guys in 2007 did and fortunately we, we were able to do it in 2015 and as a country we need to make sure that we keep doing it um, when the time arises. So Dodd, um, New Zealand I think it was you finished up with um, which was quite a Again, do you know what? I, I noticed throughout the tournament, there was, again, always stages where you guys were in the game. But again, just those pivotal moments that we, we we missed out on. You know, a couple of runs, a couple more runs here and there. You know, you probably put a few few more teams under pressure. Is that is that fair to say? I'm not going to answer that question just now, Shaky, because... Um... When I played, I was I didn't always I didn't always walk when I, I nicked it. To be fair, no, no. But um, I've 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 matured, okay. and um, you've missed out the West Indies debacle. Yeah, you know I didn't want to touch on that too much because that was obviously the the one disaster game, wasn't it? Yeah, sort sort of. Um, yeah, it wouldn't be fair to sort of let that one go as well. But we, we lost the Bangladesh game. That that was that was quite a pivotal moment because although we'd been competitive for stages in the, the first two matches and given given reasonable accounts of ourselves, Hammy given phenomenal account of himself, Blaney and, and others as well, um, that was a game that basically we, we, we wanted to win. And although that was very competitive, the most competitive match we'd had up until that stage, that, that wasn't what we were looking to achieve in that game. So the next game down at Leicester, you know, bowled out for 68, having won the toss as well, um, wasn't great. Um, knocked off in 10 overs and the bars weren't even open by the time uh, the game yeah. was finished. So, Thankfully, I didn't travel down to that game. Yeah, that, 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 that wasn't great. And then we finished up with the New Zealand game, which, which again, we batted first. And I have to be honest, the, the New Zealand game is, is of the five games, although it's the one that's the the least far back in history um, it's the one that I remember least about I think by that stage we were just probably emotionally more than anything else just exhausted um, um, with it I just remember at the end almost looking around the changing room and yeah we were disappointed that we hadn't played better in, in that game um, but I think we were just spent I think you know it, that it, it, it looked like a team of, of amateur cricketers that had just tried their very best, but you know we're playing against battle-hardened um, cricketers that were used to playing in tournaments, being away from home for a long time, and just churning out performances. And you know it, it was a tough gig. Well, it was a tough gig, but you've done us all. You've done us all very proud. I mean, it's a big ask to go into a tournament like that, um, especially with two weeks preparation and charge-up being the only thing. That you really had compared to these other guys who had five-star hotels and ICC funding and everything else. So Dodd, I think you guys did fantastically well. Um, and we'll touch on a few other wee questions at the end about the campaign itself, but we'll move forward into 2007, uh, which is uh, which is Righty's campaign. You got your chance, Righty. You're going to the World Cup. 
Um, you've got three games, which is, you know, that's, that's probably the one thing you're a wee bit sad about because, you know, Dodd's Dodd side had a lot of games, as did Preston's team. But you guys only had the three games against uh, Australia, South Africa and the Netherlands. So talk to me about your, your campaign there. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely one of the disappointments was the fact that we only had three games compared to the, the sort of structure of other World Cups. Um, and I think that that was definitely a disappointment. Um, and also, I think the the way the games were scheduled didn't didn't help us either. I think if we'd played Holland first, if we, if we played the Netherlands first, I think we might have it might have been a little bit different. Um, I think uh, o overall we uh, we we just didn't do ourselves justice in that competition at all, uh, which was which was a, re a real a real disappointment given the way that we'd played probably over the previous previous certainly previous three three years. Um, you know, we'd won the won the I Cup in two thousand four. We'd won the IC Trophy that we talked about earlier in two thousand five. Um, even in the even in the build up. Um, to the 2007 World Cup, we'd played some decent cricket and some really tough conditions actually in Kenya. Uh, we got to the final of that that um, um, associate tournament I told you about. We, we beat Kenya in that tournament, then lost to them in, in the final. But we'd actually played played <clears throat> played pretty well. Won some really close games, showed some really good character in, in that uh, in that competition. As I say, in some really really tough conditions. There's um, a little bit of a difference though, right here between. Beating a beating a Kenya side and turning up at the World Cup for the opening game to play against the Aussies. Yeah, are, yeah. Uh, for, for sure. And, and 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 like I mentioned earlier on, um, one of the consequences of us winning that qualifying tournament was was the way the the seedings were. Um, we got we got put into a, a group with by far and away the best two ODI teams at, at the time by the time the <clears throat> by the time the, the 2007 World Cup came around so so we knew that um, but you know we were a team with a, a lot of experience you know we had a lot of experienced players um, and we'd done well as a team together you know we'd experienced like with Dougie Brown with Gavin with Blaney with myself with uh, Paul Hoffman um, you know, Ryan Watson was, was was at his pub. Ryan, Rhino, uh, you know, so so we we had we had a lot of a lot of really experienced, talented players, but I think probably overall you'd say probably that 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 came just a couple of years, a few years too late for that team. I think if, if I think if we'd had that team together and played in a World Cup like that, maybe three or four years earlier. We might have put up, put up a better show, but I think probably by the time that World Cup came around, I think we just almost ran out ran out of steam, and particularly ha having to play Australia first, um, and then South Africa. By the time we came to the Holland game, which was obviously the best chance of winning a game, um, we were we were just yeah we were just just done. Uh, I think, to be perfectly honest, but um, I mean the, the Australia game itself was was. We actually played quite well for a lot of that game. Question before you go any further: Who won the toss? Yeah, we won the toss. I was actually going to. I was actually going to talk about that because that was one of the <laughs> one of the pivotal you decisions. Stuck, yeah. You stuck them in, righty? Yeah. Well, we'd sort of in, in previous times, and again, George might might go along with us or not. In previous times, there was a when we, when Scotland would play against top full member teams, there was always a, a feeling that Scotland should allow them to bat first. Um, 
if it was a friendly game at the Grange and there was a big crowd and that sort of thing. But we, we'd really tried to move away from that as much as we possibly could and just do what was right from a cricket point of view. So my, my intention was to was to bat first in that game. We were playing at St Kitts, tiny, tiny little ground, flat wicket, um, short boundaries. Um, but then what happened was it started raining maybe an hour or so, half an hour before the, before the toss. Clouds came over, wicket had been under cover for, for a bit and I changed my mind. I changed my mind and I, and I stuck them in just thinking there might be a bit of, a bit of movement with the, with the moisture and, and whatever else. <laughs> and of course, as soon as, as soon as the toss had been done and we'd won the toss and, and stuck them in, <laughs> the clouds, the clouds parted and the sun came out and it was, it turned into the belter that we, we, we that it had been before, so that that was a mistake. But we actually we actually did we actually did pretty well. We I thought we bowled well too. I mean, you you look through the lineup that they had on that day, just absolute yeah, legends absolutely. legends of the game from from one one to eleven. So it was fantastic to to uh, to have a challenge like that. Um, but we actually did well, and at one stage, I think maybe even with with five five overs to go, we thought we thought we were going to keep them under under three hundred. Which on that ground would have been would have been a phenomenal effort, um, particularly considering we lost Blaney. I think Blaney went off injured after uh, after a couple of overs, but Madge Madge had bowled well, um, and and yeah, we thought we were, we were going to keep them to, to under three hundred, which, which which had been really creditable on on that uh, on that ground on that wicket. But then Shane Watson and uh, Brad Hodge, I think, actually smashed a quick thirty, and and Watson got some got some quick runs just, and they scored. A load in that last five overs, which just sort of took took it away from us and, and took the wind out of sails a little bit. Um, but even even then, you know, um, floppy Colin Smith made a fantastic fifty, yeah, just an absolutely world class bowling attack. Um, so we came out of that game with a, a little bit of credit. But yeah, that that toss decision wasn't uh, didn't turn out to be didn't turn out turn out to be a great one. <laughs> As I see, I can see see your reasons behind it now. Uh, but yeah. Um, I can see why you would have, were thinking from the other point of view as well that maybe putting runs on the board and trying to put these teams under under a bit of pressure of a chase might be a better way to go. Um, That's, Kaz, it's another, I think it's a really good example of of how the game has evolved. Uh, you know, now how competitive we are, we go into these matches expecting to compete, to perform, to win. The same dilemma that Wrighty had down at Leicester. I can remember looking at the wicket, it was a used wicket. And the discussion was, well, if we were playing Ireland or Holland, what would we do? We'd, we'd be batting first. And, and the dilemma then is, well, what, what, what are we here for? Are we here to do the right thing? The right decision is to bat first. Or is it a PR exercise? And, you know, you put the West Indies in, they score 300. Scotland score 150 or 200. You know, they, they, they throw the spinners on when they don't need to bowl their fast bowlers quite as much. Everybody goes home in the crowd having had a reasonable day. You're not embarrassed too much. You know, at the time, you know, your first question was about, um, did you expect to win? Well, that, that was an indication that we, we were wanting to do the right things. We just weren't good enough probably to do it, but we wanted to do the right things to give ourselves a chance of winning the game. But, you know, thankfully we've, we've now got much better strength and depth and, and, and better quality of, of players to, to really 
follow through on those ideas of grandeur. Next, before the next game, right? You, you, you unfortunately got some uh, got some bad news. Um, I believe your dear auntie passed away, and, and you decided to to go back for the for the funeral. Was was that was that right? You flew back for the funeral. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a bit of a shock because she she was actually meant to be coming out to to the tournament. So my my, my whole family were coming out, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget it. The, the they were meant to be arriving, and I was meeting them at a, a restaurant. They hadn't, they hadn't they hadn't told me she'd she'd turned she'd got ill. Um, so I remember going to meet my mum and dad and my aunt and uncle and my cousins who were meant to be coming and my, um, the rest of the family. And uh, I remember them turning up, and my aunt and my uncle and my my cousins weren't there. And I'm like, what's happened here? So mum and dad said, oh yeah. Aunt Louise is uh, is not well, and they've just decided not to come. Blah blah. I didn't say how serious it was, mm-hmm. um, but as it transpired, she'd um, she'd taken a real turn for the worst and went downhill um, really quickly, uh, and actually passed away on the on the evening of the Australia game. So literally, we just walked off the field <clears throat> after the Australia game, and I, and I got got a phone call to say she'd she'd passed away. So yeah, sort of bit <clears throat> bittersweet memories and. Yeah, th- thought a lot about whether to whether to go back for the funeral or or not, and, and decided decided I should go. Um, albeit, you know, my dream was to play in a World Cup, and it was going to yep. take uh, you know take that away potentially. And I didn't didn't know whether I'd actually be able to get back for the for the uh, for the for the Holland game for the for the Netherlands game uh, if I did go. But I just I just felt felt it was the right thing to do. I, I was quite close with her. And felt it was the right thing to do, so that's what I did. Um, so went back for the funeral, and uh, and then actually it was a complete and utter fiasco trying to get back after the funeral for um, for the Netherlands game because it was the funeral was up in the north. They they lived up in uh, Carbridge near Aviemore, yeah. And the the weather was horrendous. There was blizzards, snow, so I was having to try and fly out of Inverness Airport in in, in this blizzard. Oh dear. And literally, the plane was delayed and then cancelled, and then looked like it wasn't going to get, wasn't going to go. And then I was going to miss my connection at Heathrow. And if I hadn't got that, then I definitely wouldn't have got, wouldn't have go back to the West Indies. Wouldn't have go back to St Kitts in time for the Netherlands game. So it was like totally touch and go whether I would actually get back at all. But eventually, the plane took off, got to got to Heathrow, ran through Heathrow from terminal, whatever it was, one to two, managed to get on the plane, and I actually remember going through landed wherever it was Barbados and then you had to get the the flight over to St Kitts and actually landed in Barbados and saw the the Scotland South Africa game going on and the security guys um little room mm-hmm. so I remember stopping and watching a bit of the game as so that was that was uh, me trying to watch the game in, in in an airport terminal trying to get trying to get back stressed out, the competition stressed out your stressed out your head I'd imagine um by by that point South Africa game again. I think you guys. I think you batted from my memories. Memories correct. You batted first in that game and got was it one eighty around that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I obviously not being there and not being able to follow it at all. I, I actually have pretty minimal memories of that, other than seeing some little clips through the through through the through the window of, of the security guard. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think we got. I think we got one seventy, one eighty. I think Ryan or maybe Ryan maybe got some runs. Mm-hmm. 
Fraser Watts. I think Fraser Watts got a few opening. I think he got yeah, yeah. played a few good shots and pulled pulled one off and teeny into the crowd, which was a which was a good highlight of it. But again, a, not really a much of a total to put a team like that under any sort of pressure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they they, they were a top team at that time as well. Um, so obviously it was going to be going to be difficult, and you need you need more than one eighty on a on a on a ground like that, and well, on most ground uh, to be to beat a team like that. Um, so so yeah, so I think they won was it three three down or something like that, um, mm-hmm. yeah, four down. Um, so yeah, so probably in those first two games there, there was there was moments and maybe little individual performances um, to look back on with 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 some pride, but I don't think. As a as a group, in, in 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 either of those games, we performed well enough to to be in either either of those games at any stage uh, in terms of thinking about winning them or, or anything like that. And then the biggest disappointment Dodd talked about. I didn't even remember that we had Bangladesh twenty odd for six bloody out. I couldn't couldn't remember that. That's crazy that we we had them in that much trouble. But you got to look at the Dutch game uh, as the one that you you should be should be looking to win, and it was. Again, not a not a good day at the office. No, no, it, it wasn't. And I think, like I said, I, I think having played those two games previously and, and been heavily defeated, and they were really tough games. I think just by that third game, you know, we, we'd actually had some cracking games against the Dutch over previous seasons, and it was really nip and tuck. They were a really strong side at that time as well. Um, Alexi Carvese, Ryan Tendershata, they had some really top players. Um, but we would we would beat them one game and they would beat us another game and we we had a lot of really really tight games with them as well, but unfortunately that game in the World Cup just yeah we just didn't it was one of those ones just we just didn't turn up and we lost uh, we lost comfortably and probably one of one of my most disappointing games in a Scotland shirt actually because um, we uh, you know we had we had really had set our, set ourselves a target of of winning a game in a World Cup. You know that we finally did in the T20s in, in 2016, but it was a long time for that to happen. But that game, specifically in, in 2007, was one we'd really targeted as, as one that we realistically at that stage could have uh, and certainly should have played a lot, played a lot better than we did uh, in, in that moment and in that match. Yeah, looking looking at it from the from the outside, I would say it's out of the three World Cups, it, it was probably the one that felt the most disappointed about because. You guys went there with a really top, you know, good squad of players, um, and we had high hopes for you to to do something. But again, you know, you're coming up against two teams that are are not the worst, not the worst teams on the on, on the planet, especially at that time. Like you said, probably two of the best team ODI teams in the world. Um, and well, you they, 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 they were. I mean, they were ranked. They were ranked one and two, one and two, quite a long way ahead of, ahead of everyone else. And a lot of people at the time sort of asked me, would would we have traded? Winning the ICC Trophy qualifiers against you know in that final against Ireland to finish second and, and be put into the group that Ireland ended up playing in and obviously beat Pakistan. Who was Zimbabwe and, and and tied tied was Zimbabwe and and I mean obviously you know I, I think particularly in the conditions that they played those games and would have suited us a lot better than the ones in St Kitts um, and obviously Pakistan and Zimbabwe weren't as strong at that time, obviously as, as Australia and South Africa were. So, so there's part of you that says, well, yeah, what might have been had had we got to play against those teams instead of the ones we did play against. But you know, there was there was no excuse for us playing the way we did against against the Netherlands. You know, you can accept being outclassed by uh, by South Africa and uh, and Australia, but you know, to to play the way we did against Netherlands, the Netherlands was 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 really disappointing. 
That's it. Uh, 2007 done, and we'll, we'll move on now. I can see Preston, he's getting a bit restless. He hasn't spoken for a while. Stay with us, mate. Stay with us. Um, we're all shaky. To, to 2015, um, big competition over in Australia and New Zealand. What a, what a fantastic countries to be touring. Um, you've already had experience of going to New Zealand. That's where you qualified, so that was familiar to you. You go into a group with New Zealand, England, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka and Australia. So before you've even started the tournament, you've got six guaranteed fixtures, which is a nice place to be. And um, you must be looking at those fixtures straight away, thinking Afghanistan, Bangladesh, their two games we're looking to win. Um, but let's start at the top, which was the New Zealand game. Um, how did you feel going into that game? What was your expectations? Yeah, as I, as I mentioned previously, I think, you know, the, the team, the squad was very well prepared for the whole tournament. So we were, we were pretty excited going into that, that New Zealand game um, to play them at Dunedin. Um, you know, it wasn't going to be an easy game, um, that was for sure. Um, I remember the warm-up very clearly. Um, just just everything was, was so surreal, you know, it's something... Personally, I'd never experienced it in my life before. Um, playing at that sort of venue, that the crowd, um, just just the atmosphere, the complete buzz about the place was was different level. Um, so, so we knew, um, you know, that's something that you know we we were just not used to. Um, so, it was about adapting to that that situation and, and trying to trying to get normalised with that, um, and then and then losing the toss. Um, you know, on, on a wicket that, that can offer something and you've got one of the best attacks in the world that, that will extract anything out of the wicket if there's anything on offer. So that was a challenge immediately first up with bats in hand and, uh, and we lost a couple of quick ones and there, there, there was definitely some flutter in the change room there. Um, that's for sure because it wasn't, you know, it's not the start we had spoken about. And, you know, we go into the game with, with a, a pretty set game plan and, it doesn't go, go to plan, but <clears throat> I would say though that um, that partnership with Machen and Barrington um, against that attack and, and the way they they managed to counter the offence that they were putting on, um, you know that 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 gave us a huge amount of confidence. Not just in that game, you know, they, they took us from a dead and buried position to you know we were right back in that game when they were batting together um yeah. i think they put on over 100 together both of them getting 50s you know top class 50s yeah um and that, and that really um gave us that 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 little bit of uh, i think time that we needed to adjust to to what was a huge moment for all of us playing in, in that in that environment um and then that just kind of got us settled into the tournament um as it panned out that innings didn't go according to plan. Mage Barrington got out in, in relatively quick succession. Um, and I can't remember what we got, 150-odd. Um, but then the way we turned that around, and, and people often forget about this New Zealand game, but we came out and took seven wickets against yeah. the, the World Cup finalists, um, defending 150 or whatever it was. Um, you know, so although it was a very, very difficult start, um, we knew each game wasn't going to be easy. Um, so it gave us time to adjust. And, um, you know, I think we, we held our heads high coming off, off that pitch against a, a very, very strong um, New Zealand team. You talk about, you talk, 
Uh, critical moments with Scotland are these big tournaments. I mean, there's there's no secret here that we haven't won at a 50 over World Cup yet. Um, critical moments are moments we seem to, I mean, when, when Machen and Richie got their 50s, I remember like it was yesterday, they were so comfortable mm -hmm. at the crease. Yeah. There was no need for them to give their wicket yeah, away. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember Richie playing against Vittori, you know, the best left-arm spinner in the that world. And huge straight set. Dancing down the wicket. And, you know, that, that you can imagine what that does to the whole dressing room and just just relaxes us. And actually, guys, you know, we can, we can play here. We can we can really compete with literally the world's best. Um, so, yeah, that was a hugely significant moment. It's a pity it couldn't kick on, you know, and give us more of a chance in that game. Were you thinking um, you maybe got 220, 230 even in that game? You yeah. could have had them in some serious, some serious trouble. You never know. You know, it's so you know, it could have been a nightmare start, but Richie and uh, Machen really did. It was it was so impressive to watch yeah. both of them construct that and then counter attack as well. Yeah. And then obviously you take seven wickets. Um Kyle, what were you doing at the top of the order? I mean, we rely on you, mate, at, the, at that tournament. Quick fifty from you at the top there, just punching them here and there would have been would have gone down lovely. Well, I've got a couple of thoughts around that New Zealand game actually, and this one of them might be one of the best kept secrets, or maybe it's just been a, a secret kept for me actually. But as far as I remember, we won the toss and we decided to bat in a green seamer. But for, for maybe maybe Preston's just kept Did it we? as a secret and he wound us all up to say New Zealand oh, won the toss. Oh, am I getting confused with? Afghanistan then? Yeah, I think because remember, remember Grant always used to tell us in New Zealand, even though the, the wickets are emerald green, they actually play really well, <laughs> which which largely speaking was true. But yeah, I think sure. we would have done the So we're putting this on Grant then. We won't put it on you, so we're putting this on Grant. Well, I've made the call. <laughs> no, 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 because I? actually it wasn't it wasn't the it wasn't the surface, it was the swing. It no, yeah. nothing to do nothing to the wickets came from swing. Yeah. Not not from not from the, the, the pitch. How did you get out, Kyle? I uh, I hit one out the screws actually and got caught at mid wicket um, off mm -hmm. my legs. I remember that, but I, I do remember Trent Bolt and I never got down to his end to face him actually. But I do remember him swinging at round corners, and I thought this is high this is high class bowling. Thanks Preston for sticking us in to have a bat, <laughs> and um, and then then Preston came in and I'm not sure how many uh, I'd faced. Um, or even if I was still in at the time, no, I can't. No, really... I came in. You, you just got out. Yeah, I just got out, and uh, Trent <laughs> bolt, bolt a beautiful ball, and it smacked Preston halfway up the shin. And we'd only just Southie. one of our first attempts of using the reviews, <laughs> <laughs> and Preston's like this. <laughs> it just swung straight into halfway up middle stump. Call him Shane Watson. <laughs> Shane Momsen. Oh God. Um. <laughs> Listen, I'm backing <laughs> you on that, Skip. I think you've got to, you've got to hope that it might, but it doesn't sound, I mean, he's quite stumped to stump, isn't he? Swinging it back in, it's probably hitting middle, halfway up, I'd imagine. But, yeah. But, but what I remember... So carry on. Carry on, carry on. I, I was going to say, what I remember, though, is how late he swung it, and the, oh, yeah. the people hitting on the pads, look, we had some... We've had some really good players of, of seam bowling and people who weren't um, not used to, players that, that were used to playing swing bowling, you know, the conditions we come from and the ball moving around, but it was just thudding into guys' pads and uh, 
uh, it was some high quality bowling and the lateness that he managed to get the shape from was just, you know, made it even even trickier. But the, the, the other thing that I do remember from, from that was the, the real nice build-up we had um, and th when we arrived in Dunedin, you know, with the Scottish background and mm. Robbie Burns and um, the statue there in the in the uh, the main area there in Dunedin, um, and the feel of going to the ground. I know Preston said we weren't used to that, and we we certainly weren't in terms of the warm up. But you could hear the fans coming along because there was a pipe, a piper that piped them all the way from the centre of Dunedin all the way to the ground and they walked all the way and that was, you know, that was pretty special, pretty cool yeah. memory. Especially the other side of the world to have that support, that's, 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 that's brilliant. So you move forward, you know, not a bad, not a bad start, but definitely, had, you're right, people probably do forget that, you know, you had them, you had them seven down, very, very strong team who go on and play in the final, uh, but it wasn't to be. Um, you move, you move forward into the next game, which is against the English, I believe. Um, was that game two? Was that game two? I'm, I, that's what I've written it down. If I make any errors, okay. yeah. feel, free, feel free to correct me. I'm pretty sure it was because I've written it down in, on order from what a senior campaign was. But yeah. somebody might might comment and say I'm totally wrong. But, that's, you know, such is life. Um, England, England game. England game. England game's an interesting one. Um, yeah, Hagley Oval, love beautiful ground. Um, and it was an England team that you know, we're there for the taking. You know, you, you can't compare that England team to the team that uh, we later beat in 2018 or whenever it was. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that, that England team at Hagley Oval, um, you know, they hadn't found their one-day formula yet. You know, the, the personnel was radically different from what it is now. Mm -hmm. um, so we knew, we knew we had a chance there. Um, and I think it was uh, Moe Nally opened the batting. Um, shows you how far they've come. And I, th I think he got a ton in that game. Um, yeah. But he actually, I think it might have first over, nicked one to Crossy down the leg side. And we gave it a little, you know, sort of semi-appeal and then didn't review it. And it, it, he, he nicked it and uh, went on to... That. I can't remember that. Yeah, went on to get... Yeah, get Two, two from two in reviews at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so they, they ended up getting way more than they should have, to be honest. Um, but still a score that, that we, we still could could chase down. You know, it was, I think it was a touch over 300, pretty good deck, quick outfield, good value. Um, and within their attack, you know, there was, there was no one really threatening. You, you, you had... Yeah, Joe Root, you know, but he, he bowled five or six overs in that game. Um, mm -hmm. And Carl obviously got set, um, set set up the innings for us. And, and we got, again, I remember not, not long ago watching the highlights of this game. It was randomly on Sky Sports. And, and I look, it's one of those where you look at the position we're in and you think, Jesus, we, we were actually pretty much on par here. Um, and then... With both of you, with both of you at the crease... Yeah, and, and I actually f fell victim to, to Joe Root and, you know, still have sleepless nights about that. Um, so, yeah, again, it was, uh, that, that was one that definitely got away, um, unfortunately. Unfortunately, made amends for it a couple of years later. Well, yeah, Kyle, um, during the Grant podcast, which I know you've, you've had a watch of, he was fairly critical of you in that game because he reckons you could have won 
you could have won the game. Uh, uh, alongside, alongside Preston as well, but you were obviously in. Um, and he said when you came off, he was just so frustrated because he knew he knew that you could have batted on there. But I mean, what's your what's your memory of that moment? Do you think you just were you, you were just the adrenaline was going, you were hitting the ball beautifully? Yeah, obviously no one ever intentionally gets out. And if if things had gone to plan, I would have been 140 not out at the end of the day. And I hadn't chipped one down to long on off Mo and Ali. But um, you know. As you say, such as life, things don't always go to plan. But what I would say is it was a, a pretty uh, weak and, and poor dismissal. But in my mind, I don't think I had recognised... Um, I was feeling under pressure because, you know, we had lost the wickets and, and I felt as if I needed to, to keep doing the scoring. And and I maybe didn't recognise the moment that I actually had a bit more time than, than, than I thought. And that was a big learning... Um, learning moment for me, I think, in my career. But, um, yeah, Grant was, you know, I, I possibly didn't expect that, you know, because I'd gone out and got 70-odd and thought, you know, I'd done okay. But when Grant put it into black and white terms, I was like, yeah, fair enough, really. He sort of, he, you know, he went through me a bit. But um, I think it was uh, definitely, definitely improved me as, as a player. But, yeah, I do remember feeling... Um, as if I needed to shift on a little bit. And, and 50 over cricket, sometimes you've just got more time than you think. Uh, and yeah, I, I maybe fell foul of that, perhaps. Yeah, I think watching it from the outside, there was that critical moment where you both were at the crease, where we were in the game. And if you guys can maybe put on another 70, 80, maybe, takes us into the last 10 overs with wickets in hand and a chance to, chance to chase it down. Just learn for future reference, please, lads. Kyle, next time you're in that situation, <laughs> keep batting. Keep batting, please. Um, easy to say while I'm sat in my, my chair here. Uh, next game, again, if I get the order wrong here, you guys will remember, but as far as I know, it was the Afghanistan game. Okay, back, back in Dunedin. Um, Dunedin, hard, you know, another tough day. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, th- th- this one, uh, yeah, so never ever sort of let this one down. Um, We'd worked really hard to get to 210. Um, it was fantastic work, I think, at the at the end of the innings by by Evo and, and Maggi um, to push us up to to what was a very competitive score. Um, and uh, came out and, and we were on fire with the ball um, and and you know put them right on the ropes. We were aggressive. We know that when we play Afghanistan, you know, you need to be aggressive. You need to go at them. You need to go at their head, um, get their feet, um, get their feet in all sorts of trouble, which is, which is what we do. Our, our plans are good. Um, and, you know, to, to get them into the position we did, I think it was 120 for eight or something like that. And then 190 for nine, still needing to get 210. Um, Oh, I mean, you can only imagine what what we felt like walking off that field with with a loss. Um, yeah. You know, so much pl- riding on that game, the opportunity to be the first ever team to to win a game at a 50 over World Cup, um, to to do it against big rivals, against a very good team. You know, Afghanistan well recognised. Um, so yeah, that was uh, extremely difficult to take that one. I have to say. Dodd, I'll bring you in at this point. Three games into the tournament, what were you? What were you looking? What were you thinking from the outside? Were you frustrated? 
Um, were you were you happy with how things had been going, or, or did you just feel we'd we'd missed an opportunity there? You know, I I, I watched that um, Afghanistan innings and just felt so much for you. You almost want to press reset at some stage. You know, you you go back to 120 for eight, just as I would go back to Bangladesh 29 for five, and you know. I'm sure Preston's the same, you know, it's, it's it's not just about the bowlers, you know, performing or the, the catches being taken, but as captain, you know, you live every ball, you live every decision, think, what what did I not do that would have made a difference there? You know, how was it that they were able to, you know, to get those 90 runs in Preston's um, case? How was it that the, the second half of that Bangladesh innings um, Added 160 when when the first five, you know, only only scored 20, and oh, it was just, you know, at, at, at one level it was great that we were gutted that we were performing in games, England game as well. We had had a sniff. It's great to be at the table, and to have a chance. But you know, you, you know that these guys are capable of, and certainly the Afghanistan game. You know, perfectly capable of winning, and for such a long period of the game, um, would have been you know favourites. Um, but you know, so, sometimes you just got to say well done to the opposition as well. You know, real character shown by by guys, teams under the pump, and they've they've pulled them out. And you know, um, Scotland have had plenty of players that have done the same. You know, Rob Taylor's knock was was mentioned um, previously and there have been other examples of that. So, you know, you, you sometimes just have to say well done, but behind closed doors you're... Yeah, righty, you must have been a... You must have been a... You're, yeah. you're not a good watcher, righty, so I can just imagine that you were uh, having kittens in the changing room. I think I'm a wee bit better than I used to be, Shaky, but um, yeah, no... I... It's it's one of those ones that just the the sort of tight games are the ones that are almost more, the, the tight games you win are almost the more enjoyable ones because it just it just shows something about the team and and I think that at that stage it was maybe just where we, where we weren't quite ready to seize those moments and there's maybe a couple of other examples the New Zealand game that Preston mentioned earlier on we probably had an opportunity in in the in the not the World Cup, but the practice the yeah. that we had. We, we could have won that game. We could have beaten virtually a full-strength New Zealand team, but but we didn't just in that critical moment. And the Afghanistan game was was the same. Um, maybe we're going to talk about the Bangladesh game might have been similar-ish. And it's the sort of progression from a team which loses those moments to wins those moments. And I think that was just maybe where we were at. We just weren't quite ready to, to seize those moments and and that's the big a big step in the sort of evolution of a team I think and certainly there was opportunities in that in that Afghanistan game in the, in the field um, that we would have nailed down and maybe just relating the chances we had in that Afghanistan game that we missed to the England game in 2018 that we won there was actually a couple of moments in the field that we just absolutely nailed that were almost in a way similar to the Afghanistan games 
that Afghanistan game in the World Cup that was a difference between winning a game and losing a game. Mm-hmm. And it's just those it's just those fine margins and the pressure moments. If you if you do them, you win. If you don't, you lose. And and that was that was the difference in in that game and, uh, um, against Afghanistan in the World Cup. And it was just it was pretty devastating actually because you know obviously I wasn't playing in the game, but. I wanted to be part of a Scotland team that had won a game in a 50, 50 over World Cup and the, the guys had put in so much um, time and effort and commitment to getting to the stage where they were ready to do it and we just we just didn't quite get there. Um, but I'm a big believer as well that in, in those sort of moments and those sort of experiences you learn a hell of a lot and I think a lot of the guys learned a hell of a lot from, from those experiences as well which then went on to to make them better able to seize those moments in, in future games. Bangladesh, thought you, you know, I can only imagine what the feeling was like in the changing room after the Afghanistan game. I'd imagine it was uh, was pretty drained and just emotionally exhausted. But you come out against Bangladesh and, you know, we'll talk about a certain innings, but you as skipper, first of all, Preston, how are you feeling going into that game? Again, it's a game that you probably highlighted as one that you want to try and win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the beauty of touring a place like New Zealand is, you know, you, you go to some beautiful places and that game was in Nelson. And I remember we got a few days off and we managed to get up the coast and, you know, spend some proper just relaxation time, go to some amazing beaches. Um, and, you know, we were encouraged to just, take the mind off, off cricket for, for a couple of days, um, which was absolutely perfect, and come back refreshed, have a good session at Nelson, which again is a, is a lovely little ground. Um, and that was really important. The guys took the time, reflected on, on you know, disappointing few games. Um, but yeah, as you said, it was a, definitely a game we had identified at the, at the outset for the tournament that that was potentially our opportunity to get that full member scope that we were, that we were craving. Um, and uh, you know, bang, we were right right up for it that first innings. Um, great foundation up top, and and then obviously Carl playing what is one of the the best knocks um, you'll ever see in a Scotland shirt. Um, definitely at a World Cup. Um, that was uh, you know that was momentous. Uh, what a, what an occasion that was! I was honoured to be at the other end when he when he raised his bat um, to get to 150. Um, and yeah, uh, the, the perfect sort of first innings we could have asked for. Um, and and again, it, it, it goes back to what Wrighty put so well there. Um, you know, you look back and then there were just those moments there where we just, just you can't really put your finger on it other than we weren't quite ready to, to take it. Um, and again, there, there were a couple of, couple of very, very marginal um, moments in the field um, early on in the Bangladesh innings coming Iqbal. I know top edge one over fine leg landed inside the rope. Um, you know, guys on the rope take the catch. Different story. He ended up having a, a blinder of a knock. Um, and we ended up going down again. Um, but it was, uh, you know, it was, it was a pretty impressive, impressive performance from us, I thought. Um, and, and unfortunately, we couldn't we couldn't quite take the wickets when we needed to when defending that sort of score. Kyle, I'll come to you. In my opinion, don't know what the rest feel. I think it's the best knock by a Scottish batsman in history. I know Callum McLeod's just done some, some crazy things on the cricket pitch. 
you know, amazing knock against England, amazing knock against Afghanistan. But this is the big stage. This is the World Cup. The world is watching. Um, you know, the best of the best are all there. Uh, I've said this to you during our podcast. I was in Pakistan at the time. And just watching you that day, I was just, I was in awe of your knock. It was, it was, it was phenomenal. But why didn't you kick on to get a double hundred? And you probably, <laughs> you probably decide, you probably, you know, you closed the game out. Yeah, no, I'd thrown that away, that opportunity against England, and this was my chance to make amends. And um, well, first of all, um, I'm not sure what press is talking about, but I don't remember the ground being that small. I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was a, it was a, a stunning venue, absolutely yeah. amazing ground. We had a great day for it. Um, I, I genuinely was eyeing up uh, a double hundred. It was in my <laughs> mind, and I'd already planned out how I was going to do it when I was out there. And I was I was literally going to try and hit every ball from six for six with the breeze from the one end, and then I happened to sort of top edge a, a flimsy pull shot, um, and just got caught sort of well caught deep square leg. I was nothing really. It was a long hop, so uh, that was pretty disappointing. But genuinely in my mind, I was considering right if I can get going these next couple of overs, um, hitting with the breeze, which was actually my my plan. Before that, it was actually in my scopes to to maybe to maybe reach that, but it wasn't to be. And like we said, it was another opportunity missed in terms of closing out uh, or giving us a, a better opportunity to uh, win a game on a on a, uh, on a on a great venue. Um, and it was just yeah, it was just it was disappointing. You look, you know, we've gone through, and I'm I'm remembering moments of these games as we talk about them, and. You know the the missed opportunities that there there are some you know and and the one thing that Grant did say to us in this Dundee trip was, uh, you know we the door was open we just weren't able to walk through it yet and and that was just um, just an opportunity uh, yeah another opportunity missed and it was it was sort of bittersweet I guess I guess for myself it was actually the first time my my uh, I think my parents had seen me score a hundred um, and. Um, I think I got a few leading up to that point, but uh, actually a live hundred, which was pretty special. So it was a bit bittersweet. Look, it was a it was it was a great performance. You really you you know you did us all proud in that game. Again, it was just frustrating not to see you 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 get over the line, um, and then you move forward. Now, I think it's around this time that the camp has a little bit of unrest. Um, Preston, your captain. You worked directly with the coach Grant Bradburn. Um, Righty would have been involved as well, I'm sure. But one of our, you know, leading performers, leading wicket taker in uh, Scottish Scottish cricket history, um, maybe made a call that, you know, perhaps shouldn't have done, and and, and sent out a tweet, um, which was obviously, I don't think probably Maggie realised at the time how big a deal that tweet might be, um, and obviously all of a sudden. Things have changed, and you know we're hearing the news back here that that Majid Hack's coming back. How you? I mean, I spoke to Grant about this. Um, you as captain, how do you feel looking back on it? Do you feel things could have been handled differently? Um, uh, yeah, just just let me know your thoughts. Yeah, you're not wrong. It was a, it was a difficult time um, for the group. It, it had been you know up, up till that point. Um, 
I think we had held ourselves well, had been quite a successful four games, um, not results-wise, but certainly the way we had conducted ourselves on and off the pitch. Um, and that, that was certainly disappointing to have, the, you know, that, that will always be there. Um, I should say, you know, myself and Madge have perfectly good relationship. I've, I've um, you know, played with Madge ever since I broke into the Scotland team, um, got on well with him, you know, absolutely have the, the most amount of respect for what he's achieved as, as a Scotland player. Um, and he's still still a quality pl- uh, player playing in the, in the leagues and what have you. Um, however, I, he, I'm sure he looks back now and, and regrets what he had to say. Um, you know, I, I think as a player, as a captain, I was pretty much far removed from the whole situation. Um, at the time, obviously, Grant was was dealing with it, but uh, we also had Keith, Keith Oliver, um, who I think at the time was chair and... Um, I, I believe they were coming under a fair, fair amount of pressure from the ICC um, to act because um, it was pretty, pretty serious allegations. Um, and, you know, from my point of view, disappointing that um, he felt that way because um, certainly that was, that was never a part of, of, of our environment or our setup um, that I can assure you. Um, you know, we, we, were, we would only ever pick players um, on their ability and their skill, um, and I think that the there was enough justification there to to go with the selection um, that we decided to go with. Um, obviously, Madge proven proven um, performer, but Wrighty alluded to and, and George alluded to earlier on about whether you can you know take these opportunities to to give youngsters um, with potential um, with ability to. You see how they go on the world stage, you know, and that, that could just um, open it, open them up and flower, and they can blossom into into something uh, something quite special. Um, so Liski was ready for the opportunity, and, and we decided to go with them. Unfortunately, that that meant that we we had to leave Madge out, and uh, yeah, it was disappointing. Is is probably my underlying feeling because um, I, you know, good friends with Madge. Whoever that was directed to, um, we don't know. Um, but it's disappointing that he felt that way within our camp, within our environment. Um, so I, I would say that um, the team and, and the, the, reac- the, the reaction, the way we sort of dealt with it, I think we did as best we could. Um, and the communication within the camp um, Yes, the, the next two games, again, very difficult games. And I don't think it ever became an issue where it affected our performance um, on the pitch. So, um, yeah, I look back and, and, you know, there's nothing that can be done about it now. Um, but, uh, yeah, j- just disappointed that there is that, that sort of scar on, on, the, on that tour. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was sad, sad, sad to see it happen. Um, but, these tournaments sometimes certain things can happen. People make decisions, you know, with with high emotion at a time, and things 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 can things can happen the way they did. And obviously, Madge came Madge came back, but then you as a team had to had to had to move forward. Um, you play against Sri Lanka um, in the next game. Um, if I'm right in saying a youngster put his hand up in that match, uh, Freddie Coleman was it that game that he got got a couple of runs? 
Freddie, Freddie got a few, yeah, and and Freddie's a, a sad case of of a player who was uh, you know too good to leave the game at the age that he did, unfortunately, from a from a Scottish point of view. Um, but yeah, he I remember he batted beautifully um, down in Hobart. Um, you know, really looked comfortable against a, uh, an international attack, um, and uh, you know gave us gave us some hope in that chase. Obviously, it was a pretty daunting um, chase. Uh, Sangakara had had put on, you know, what was probably the best innings I've ever witnessed while in the field. Um, it was an absolute masterclass, and he just, you know, absolutely toyed toyed with us off our, our field settings, and um, you know, it was it was quite quite something. I don't know what you if you'd feel the same about that knock, Carl, but I remember just, you know, wherever there was space in the field, he. He found it with with absolute ease. Yeah, uh, yeah. What I do remember is his hundred against us um, was a, a record breaking hundred. I seem to remember it might be third or fourth in a row. And um, speaking about that for me is I had the pleasure of bowling a nice wide half volley to to send him to that to that record. So um, yeah, um, obviously not a, a normal normal person to be to be bowling. Um, What's the, I was just going to ask, Kipper, what the, what the hell's Kyle Cooks doing bowling in a full ODI at a World Cup? Well, I, think there might, I think there might have been a little bit of background there, Preston. Um, you know, I, I, I do like to talk about my bowling and I, and I may have um, have got him out with a, a filthy drag down in a tour game earlier in 2015, you perhaps. Talked your way in, you managed to talk your way into a bowl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and Preston thought, well, you know, he looks like he's he's batting with a barn door at the moment, so we might as well try something. Yeah. And, uh, I, I do I do remember breakfast the next morning, and Kumar did thank me for that nice wide half volley, actually. So, um, uh, so yeah, it was a pretty special. I mean, a special player, isn't he? Uh, and it was an amazing innings, and he had a, a, an outstanding World Cup. Um, I just remember well. wherever wherever Preston put his fielders, he just hit it somewhere else. Yeah. I think as well. I remember about that game, Sangakara when he. Subsequently, went on to get man of the match, and then um, gave his his trophy to um, uh, Richie's nephew, I think, when he was walking off. Which I thought was, you know, quite a you're going to save your man of the match things, but I thought that was quite quite cool from him. I'd imagine he's got quite a few in his locker. Yeah, I suppose he does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you go into the last game of the tournament, playing against the Aussies. Imagine by now, man, he's pretty tired. That's a long, it's a, it's a really, really long compared to, um, I mean, not so, but not so different to George's George's World Cup. But I think there's even more get more games than you played as well. Is one one more game? You must be quite tired going into that game. Yeah, it was a, it was a long, long World Cup, as you say. Um, next game again was in Hobart. Um, had a fair a bit of time off. Uh, again, what a what a place that is. Um, as well, got to explore explore the the city, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we still had, had not quite put in that that hundred over performance. So there was there's still definitely drive there and and hunger to to want to go out there and, and compete with with the uh, you know best team in the world, um, and and that that would give us a chance to to really. Um, as Grant would say, see where that where the bar is, because um, pretty much when I look back on that World Cup, that that World Cup was about seeing, okay, that's where that's where everyone else is, that's where we need to get to, and, and 
use it as a measure. Um, and, you, you know, we, we went out there again, uh, again, um, call it, there's a good story about Collingwood in the, uh, <laughs> in the pre, the pre-game meetings talking about uh, the Aussie bowlers and Stark and what have you. And, uh, I can't remember what he said exactly, but something along the lines of, you know, it's 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 quick, but you'll adjust. It's not just, you know, try and stay in the moment. And then that first ball that uh, I think Stark delivered, um, you know, Collingwood screaming in the dressing room doesn't help as well that uh, that the the dressing room at Hobart is side on, <laughs> so everything is looking like lightning bolts um, coming from them. Um, but no, that was that was a brilliant experience. Um, and again, guys, guys stood up and 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 made themselves counted in that game. Kyle, you, you, good memories of that of that outing. Yeah, uh, I, some some pretty special memories, not necessarily um, in the runs column, perhaps, but uh, yeah, you know, just the Adon Presence story about the the analyst meeting leading up to the Australia game, as as Collie was talking about, because it was side on, it looked so yeah. it looked so quick and. And I, I unfortunately, and it would have been a moment I would have enjoyed if I was in there to hear Collie shouting. I can only just picture it and and he, you know, think about the noise that he made when, when actually I just was sort of stuck my head back into my shell a little bit. And the ball disappeared over my head, and I, and I hear the ball thudding into, I think it was Brad Haddon's gloves at the time, and uh, I, I, what I also do remember is having, turning around and having a look and thinking, oh my God, they've got five slips in. Um, and <laughs> Callum, Callum walking down the wicket and like as you do doing a bit of gardening but there was nothing to garden because it was the first ball of the game and he was just asking if I was okay and apparently my eyes were as wide as, <laughs> as they possibly could be and I think I just nodded and went yeah it's okay um, and I got I proceeded to get an absolute working over from um, who at the time was the number one bowler in the world and who who, who uh, was the best ball in the tournament, mm-hmm. uh, and it was it was some lesson in the fact that I was so desperate to get down to Pat Cummins' end shows you how how uh, quick yeah, and how dangerous it well. was. Yeah, and, and that was Stark was frightening in that tournament. And and shaky that was even before Mitchell Stark, uh, not Mitchell Stark, Mitchell Johnson got a ball. So um, yeah. I got to experience something, and you know, as Preston says, Grant kept saying, "Now we know where the level is." <laughs> I certainly got a, t- a showing of where the level was that day. So, um, and I had a few, few, a few words from David Warner at point, who had opened the batting with at Durham before, and he was, he was, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't saying them quietly. He was, he was certainly shouting over the whole, whole ground. He's not getting forward, lads. And yeah, he was damn right. I wasn't getting forward <laughs> because the ball was <laughs> coming past me like a rocket. So that was a hell of an experience. But to play against Australia in their home. Uh, in their backyard was was pretty special, really. You know, we've discussed all the games. Uh, we've went through all three tournaments. I want to just finish up. There's there's one bit of fun I want to have with you at the end. Um, but just a couple of quick questions. We've all touched on it at some point or another, but I'm going to be pretty ruthless on it. Why have we not won any games at the World Cup? And we can't keep surely saying we're not quite ready. Surely now, if we now this is the sad part, and this is something Preston, you went on the war path. I think that was what the subject was when you were speaking with the media that the games kind of getting, you know, the ICC aren't growing the game, and you had a couple of 
couple of things to say during the media the, the media stuff, which I actually really liked. I was loving it back here. Great to see a Scottish captain, but you know, being vocal. But a few times you've touched on, we just weren't quite ready to get through the door. When are we going to get ready to get through the door? Because our neighbours, who are our biggest rivals, have managed to get through the door a couple of times now at a big tournament. You've all gone quiet all at once. Let's go. Uh, let's go, righty. You've not spoke for a while, righty. What's what's going on? Why are we not winning? Well, I think there's any number of reasons. I think fate, um, bit of luck, bit of composure in critical moments. Um, I mean, certainly in 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 our World Cup in 2007, we just didn't play well enough. It's to- totally simple. Uh, in that tournament, we just we just weren't good enough. We didn't have any stage of any of those games that we were we were going to win any of those matches. So, you know, it's pretty easy to explain those three away. Uh, even though, you know, realistically speaking, we could and should have done a lot better at least against uh, the Netherlands. But we talked about that earlier. So, from those ones, that's their easy write-offs. Um, George can speak about Bangladesh in '99. Um, obviously, the, the other three of us were there for. For um, for Afghanistan um, in in uh, 2015, so yeah, I mean it's any 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 number of reasons. I mean 2007, if we'd played uh, if we'd played Pakistan and Zimbabwe, who knows what would have happened. Um, but in our turn, we just weren't good enough. It's as simple as that. And and the other moments that I've seen, having been a coach in 2015 and a spectator in, in 99, there were moments without doubt. In, in both those tournaments where we, we should, not could, we should have won matches and we just weren't quite good enough or composed enough or clinical enough in terms of the execution of our skills in those moments to, to see those games through. And that's, and that's sport. Anyone else want to explain? Yeah, I, I, I do think, Shaky, um, that, that, that that experience genuinely it, it does have a huge factor when, when getting into those moments, you know, um, and that that is definitely what was sort of driving my anger towards towards the RCC, and and I was trying to portray that because um, I was so frustrated, um, you know, having to do those post match interviews, coming off the field against Afghanistan, knowing that we are a better team, we should be walking away with a win here, and we're not, um, not not making excuses or anything like that. But I just I just know if if we had been playing more crickets, more giving us more fixtures that we would be better placed to deal with those situations. Um, and fortunately now, you know, there, there's been a huge amount of progress and, and, and the guys are getting those fixtures. And, I, you know, 100% believe that come, come next time round when we are in that 50 over World Cup, the guys are going to be incredibly well placed to get, you know, at least a couple of victories. Well, that's the real sad thing. Um, we've actually gone on. I think right now the Scottish cricket team is probably the other guys can comment and, and say otherwise. I think their best best bunch of best squad of players that we've had at looking like they can beat some of these big countries, and they just proved it. At, uh, you know, just just a, a year and a half or so ago, two years ago now, by beating England. Yet we can't get into the fifty over World Cup now. Like that's 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 really really frustrating, and that's that's got to be a frustration for all of you. I mean, starting with yourself, Dodd, back in '99, you know, you've opened the door for guys like Kyle to come through, Righty to come through, and now the opportunities don't look quite as it's like we're taking a backward step. 
Yeah, well, I don't think there's any doubt, Shaky, that over that time, not only in Scotland, but the whole standard within the associate members has just improved incredibly. And to be, at the, you know, right up at the top of that tree at the moment, you know, it speaks volumes. I think Preston's point is absolutely spot on. You know, the to be thrust into a big tournament like that, to be playing against world-class opposition, that's it's tough at the best of times. And then when you get the occasional game that is competitive and you get to that moment, you know, you, you learn from that, but then you, you go away and you end up speaking about what you would do and, and waiting for an, an opportunity where, you know, other countries, you know, with the regular exposure, have an opportunity to put into practice and, and do things um, to actually, to, to, to know how to win a game because, you know, it's very easy to lose a game. You know, you just need, you're only as strong as your, your weakest player or, or the weakest link. And um, it's knowing how to collectively close a game out, which there've been any number of really good exponents of that in the domestic game, in the leagues in Scotland. But of course, then doing it on a different stage is something else. We'll have all played club cricket and won games fairly regularly from from positions that you would have thought were impossible, but it's it's then doing that, you know, it, you know, when you've got Afghanistan, um, 120 for eight, 90 off, there, just just win the game, just be ruthless, win the game, learn from it, do it the next time, the next tournament you're at, you know, ridiculous uh, decisions that you know Scottish cricket has suffered, not least the. You know, um, we, we, you, you mentioned, and it's always easy when it's not you that's maybe hiding behind excuses of umpiring decisions, etc. But the, you know, the, the the game against the West Indies as a cricket fan, you know, the the decision that that, that potentially cost, you know, a, a place at the World Cup, um, just infuriating. Yeah, it was a. Uh... Don't know. Obviously, I spoke to Kyle about it, and, and, but I mean, even still, must must give you must give you nightmares. But current captain, I mean, what do you see? It's very obviously we're living in uncertain times. Nobody really knows what the what the roadmap looks like at the moment. But it must be really frustrating that we're not in the mix to play in the fifty over World Cup anytime soon. Yeah, look, there's a there's a process there in place, um, and a qualifying. You know, we're back into the qualifying phase. You know, you're playing at Cricket World League Two, uh, and we've got a lot of backlogged fixtures to play. And and as as uh, George alluded to, every one of these associate teams are just developing um, at a, a, a really impressive rate. And some of these teams that we're playing against are are pulling together really really dangerous teams. And and it's important for us to try and stay ahead of. Ahead of the curve there, and, and um, be willing to be willing to play a, a style of cricket, and willing to play a, a, in a way that we want to win the game. Like be willing to win, be willing to go out there and put your neck on the line to to beat, be able to beat better sides, uh, and play with a, a consistency that that will get us um, first of all to the qualifier, and then hopefully through the qualifier. But um, by by the way, it, it's you know. The, the tournament and the qualifiers is looking, you know, uh, and, you know, fingers crossed all goes well over the World, Cricket World League games. We've got a, a pretty substantial battle to even get to the qualifier, 
let alone get through the qualifier, which is going to be uh, uh, a real cutthroat with a few full members involved in there as well. So, um, look, the, the path to get there is certainly very challenging. Uh, 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 the message I would say to the ICC is to, to stop, to stop um, uh, reducing the number of teams in these tournaments because as far as we're concerned and uh, as we alluded to earlier, the, the impact that has um, on the people who are watching the games within those countries are the teams that do qualify. But the, the exposure in, in terms of qualifying tournaments is certainly better and more of those are on TV. But what those countries really want to see and uh, is, is an associate team um, playing well at, at, a, at a World Cup. And, um, and I certainly think uh, we've got the ability to do that. We've just got a battle in our hands to get there. Uh, and we just have to keep believing that, that um, you know, that's our ambition. That's where we want to get to. We've got to keep believing that that journey um, will be a tough one and there will be some ups and downs. There already, already has been uh, in our Cricket World League fixtures. Um, but I have full confidence in, in our squad of players and, and the, the, the staff and everyone in Cricket Scotland wanting to head the, the right direction and the same direction. So I've got full confidence in them and uh, I fully expect um, players to be putting up their hands to, to get us um, hopefully to that tournament. We've got a good attitude there, Skipper, that you're, you're not giving up, you're, you're still going for it. Um, but I think there's a clear message to the ICC um, as Preston certainly was very vocal about, um, you were very vocal about as well, Kyle, during the qualifiers that you unfortunately didn't get didn't get through. But it's a World Cup. Let's grow the game. I mean, you look at the football World Cup, you look at the rugby World Cup. Some of the best best stories are when you see the underdogs come through and they win. And I think the fact that associate countries have won in the big stage should have really encouraged them to grow to grow it more. But here. Let, let, let's see what the future holds, right, chaps? Yeah, shaky. Un unfortunately, the fact the associates have won on the world on the big stage and knocked the Indias and these sort of people out—that's why they want to cut it down. They're scared. They're scared that you know, but yeah, they're, they're worried about coming coming that's, up that, again. That's the issue. They don't. They don't want. Like 2007, that was exactly what happened, and why that format would never be used again because. India lost to Bangladesh and didn't make it through to the next phase. And of oh, course, the, the old BCCI, right, you don't get me started. They kind of <laughs> have hold the monopoly of world cricket just now. And uh, it's pretty obvious to see that they, they pull the strings. But yeah, I remember that very well, right, what you've said there. There was a lot of politics involved and things have changed since that World Cup. But here's hoping they might reconsider and bring, uh, bring, the, bring the associates and grow, bring more of the associates into the World Cup. Right, lads, just to finish, you've all given up quite a bit of your evening. I can see a couple of guys are getting heavy-eyed now. Just want to have a little bit of fun to finish. Now, what we're going to do is I'm going to, we're going to pick the best 11 from the three World Cups that we can, but it's not a big, lengthy discussion. This is what you're, this is what you're all getting. George, because he's the oldest, we should always respect our elders. We'll get first choices, um, and then we will go from there. So Preston, Dodd and Wrighty all get three picks. Now, bear in mind, this needs to be a cricket team, so you can't pick 11 bowlers or, you know, what, 11 all-rounders. It needs to be a team. So, and Kyle, you will get two picks. Shaky, is this, is this from performances in the World Cups or from performances over the players' careers? I'll let, you, I'll let you go with over their careers. So, you know, I won't, I won't be, I won't just judge it on the World Cup, but try to keep it, try to keep it, you know, try to think about, you know, 
the World Cup when you're making your selections as well, because I'm, I'm sure you'll know who's done well. So the way it's going to start is... You'll be here for another two hours. <laughs> you're not allowed to overthink it. It's a quick one. So, Dodd, you, because you're the oldest and you started all this journey, you get first three picks straight off the bat. Then we go to righty. Then we go to Preston. Then we go to Kyle. So it's a wee bit... It's, I'm, I'm doing it a little bit unfair, but it just speeds up the process rather than being here all night. So who's your three picks... Where are they going to bat? Brilliant. Thank you, Shaky. Um, so I'll start at the top, number one, Ian Phillip. Ian Phillip, there we go. You've advanced knowledge of this. You look like you've got this prepared. Yeah, yeah that's... Uh, that's he was ready. Got a heads up there. Know your team, back your team, right, Ian. Um, so Philip at number one, it, you might have to change in the order, but at the moment I'll put Hammy at number five. Or four. You want him four or five, Dodd? Five. Okay. Because I'm going to get a few overs out of him as well. And who's your last man? And he's got to bat number 11, I think, uh, Blaney. Yeah. Okay. Dodd has picked. Righty, you're the next in line. Who's your three picks? Bearing in mind what's already been selected. We have a we have an opener and we have a middle-order batsman all-rounder and a, a quick bowler already. So, so Dodd, you picked Philpy to open the batting, did you? Yeah, I don't really want him going in the middle order. Middle order. Okay, well, obviously, um, obviously, we have to have uh, a suck up to Costa since he's on the call. You've got a lot of make. You've got a lot of making up to do. To be fair, right? So fair play. So Kyle, you, you pick you pick him in a virtual team, Craig. You don't pick him in a real team. I notice. <laughs> <laughs> I've picked him often enough. To be fair. Your next, your next, your next two picks. Um, I'm gonna go for. I'll go for my big mate, Colin Smith, with the gloves. Batting oh, Frosty is not gonna be happy with you. No, no. Well, <laughs> let, let me finish with, with with due respect to uh to the wee man who I think is is a cracking uh, cracking wee player, average bloke, but a cracking wee player. Um, got a lot of time for crossing. <laughs> as a cricketer, not so much as a man. Um. I'm joking, of course. Uh, but Floppy, you know, absolutely outstanding. Uh, made those runs against Australia, against just an absolutely unbelievable Australia attack in 2007. And can I just, sorry, righty, um, we didn't qualify for the 2003 World Cup. Floppy had a phenomenal yeah, did, 2001 yeah. qualifying yeah. tournament in Canada. And I can remember saying to him at the end, you know, the fact that we weren't there you know, was a complete injustice to the, the tournament that he'd had. So where's he batting right here? You're putting him in at four or five? Well, he, he batted he batted three in um in that That's tournament, I think. But yeah, I mean I think probably we want to leave some space for some, you're going, for some top top order batters. You're going six. Um yeah, let let let's let's go six. Yeah, let's go six. Right. So that's your you've got one more pick. Got one more pick. Um, Wouldn't surprise me if you picked yourself. Get lost, mate. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Seriously. <laughs> Who's Seriously. Your... <laughs> Who's your third pick? Um, this is really difficult. I don't want to upset people. Um, uh, gee. I want to pick... Uh, I want to pick one of the current team. I've already picked one of the current team, haven't I? Yes, you have. Um, 
God, see, this this is my. I need I need I need time we'll with these. Back to you then. You hold on. Move, 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 move on. I don't think I should go on my picks. I need to think this through. Destin, what's your three picks? Um, I am going to stick in Neil McCallum. Where are you yeah. going? You're putting him at. Ready? Got Gab uh, at five, Floppy at six. You're going to back Macker at four. Four. Yeah. George. Uh, two things, Preston. Sorry, um, I've got to go to work tomorrow and probably see Maka. <laughs> <laughs> Jakey, can we make sure that this doesn't go out before tomorrow? <laughs> and are you going to have Maka and Hammy in the same team? Really? <laughs> you know, just for that. I've done a podcast with them. It's coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, myself and Flanner's done one with Maka, so you'll have a good listen. I'm sure you'll enjoy that. He was in great form. Uh, but yes, no, it won't be out for a, a for a for a fortnight yet, Dodd. So, you, so you're safe. Um, so you put so you've got McCallum in there at four. You got two more picks, mate. So sorry. So we've got a top six. We need a three. We need a bat. We need somebody to bat number three. Okay. Um, we also need some bowlers. We're a little bit yeah, light on the bowling front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He's holding the fort in his own at the moment. Sorry, Callum McLeod at three. Yeah. And Maggie as a spinner. Where does Maggie bat? Nine or ten? Oof. Had many a debate with Maggie. Uh, Considering he opened, it, the batting, it, he opened the batting in righties and righties World yeah, Cup. Yeah, yeah. Did well, actually. Yeah. Good good on, uh, in the, the World Cricket League in Nairobi. Why don't we leave him sitting just now? Just yeah, it depends who, who else you pick. Who, who else you go? So you've uh, you've had your picks, mate, uh, Kyle. Okay, so you gone? What number did you go with, Madge? So far, we've got Ian Phillip will open the batting with your good self. Callum will bat three. Neil McCallum at four. I tell you what, there's a few players, man, that might have a few. You know, not that I'm that disappointed that you left him out because he always left me out. But Ryan Watson, I mean, he's he, he must be. Yeah. Must be knocking knocking the door there um, to, to get any of that lineup. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Good player. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, uh, did you put Magic 10 then just to make it a bit easier to fit some people in the middle there somewhere? Right, so we can have Magic. I said he's Magic's floating. Depends who Ian else is selected. Ian Phillip and yourself, Callum at three, Neil McCallum at four, Hammy at five, Colin Smith at six. So there's space for a, an all-rounder. Um, there's a few options there. Yeah. Are you going to return? So who's going with it? Where are you going? It might depend as well if we think we can get a few overs out of Kyle. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but I was thinking it. Is it? Is it? Is Wrighty going to go with his pick, or am I going with mine? Right. Well, I was, I, I, I was, I was going to say Rhino, but we've got too many batters, have we not? No, you've got you've got your you've got your you've got that section done. We need the we basically need a a number seven and was eight it me again? Nine. We need uh, well, seven, eight, and nine. Well, God, I'm you, happy to go. you guys captain your country, man. This is bloody <laughs> painful getting a team out of you boys. You must have been terrible at selections. You too I'm many happy. good players, shaky. Like bowling wise, you've got Hoffman, you've got Dougie Brown, you've got Azim. I'll chuck a guy. I was going to say I, I would have Azim Button that team. Why would you not have a left armor? You've got. I reckon, you've got, I reckon you could still have Rhino in there. Brinkley. And have Hammy at number six. Smith at seven. 
he could be your sixth bowler. Hammy could be your sixth bowler and get a few out of Rhino as well. Does it uh, Hammy pre uh, pre issues? Pre issues, yeah. This is Hammy pre issues. This is 99, 99 Hammy. So we're going to go. Let's put McCallum at five, then and put Ryan at four. Yeah, we've now, we've now got Ian Phillip opening with Kyle, Callum at three, Ryan at four, McCallum at five, Gav Hamilton at six, Colin Smith at eight. We only need two more guys. Colin Smith at eight? Good grief. That's a good lineup. No, Colin Smith at seven. Seven. Now. seven. He's at seven. So we need an eight and a nine. Yeah. Does Magic get up the order a bit more? I, I'm I'm throw, I, I'm going to throw a name and I'm going to definitely say that I think it would be wise to to have an Azim Butt in that team. Gives you the option with the left arm. Um, I think I think he's got the, him and Blaney complemented each other quite well in the opening attack. But then again, you've got Hoffy, who you could consider. Who would you be throwing in the hat from your from your World Cup from the seam department? Me. Can't probably talk. Sorry, Preston. I meant to say. <laughs> I think Josh Davey would be knocking on the door. Okay. Is he knocking on the door or is he in the door? Or is this another example of not walking through the door? <laughs> say, it, <laughs> say it with confidence. Are you, are you, are you putting him in there? Is he, your, is he your trump card at number at number eight as an all-rounder? He certainly, yeah, can do a job as, a, as an all-rounder. But Dougie Brown? Dougie Brown, yeah, Dougie Brown. You've, that's that's a that's a good shout. What are we thinking? Uh, I, I was gonna, yeah, you know, I was gonna throw in um, George Salmond, and I'll tell you the reason for it was because the what he started off with, uh, the inspiration for a lot of cricketers throughout Cricket Scotland, and obviously getting the chance to sit and and chat to Caprice and and really make a scene there at that photo shoot. I think that's a pretty. Uh, Pretty special moment, Doddy. What 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 what's your bowling like? I'm just disappointed you have to ask me. Um, <laughs> kind of, I was rapid. Listen, I agree. Well, you're in. You're in. I, I, I agree with you as well, mate. Like, yeah, it's really, George Shaman was a legend. It's really kind. It's really kind, but genuinely, um, please move on. If I'm going to put my foot down as a former selector, I think given the names that are being bandied about and aren't being bandied about. Um listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be nice here as well, right? You've got to consider righty as well, surely. He's done all right. I know he had a pretty well, pretty miserable World Cup. Um no fault all of his own. You obviously had fa family family issues going as well. But through the years he's been a consistent performer and I, you know righty as much as I've always had a love hate relationship with you, you gave me my debut I played under a lot under you, and, and I have to say, as a as a leader, I think he was um he, he was he was very good in the you know in the county stuff especially a lot of wins right he achieved um and did very well over time. I would I would be considering having having righty in the mix. What do you think? Kyle's just turned his face away from the camera. He's not. Kyle's just no, stick not off camera. <laughs> not at all. That is a very dangerous lower order. Um, middle order player, I'd say, righty. Um, yeah, did we did we actually decide on Azim Butt? Because I would probably throw him in there. Right, so let's put Azim at 10. Let's give Maggi 9. I don't want to upset my mate Maggi too much by having him behind Azim Butt, even though Azim Butt could whack a, whack a ball. That leaves one spot at number eight. 
We've discussed Dougie Brown. We've discussed Wrighty. Um, who is anyone else that would would you? James Brinkley is another one that was a good good cricketer in '99. Um, Josh Davies' name's been put in the hat. Number eight. Who's I've, it going to be? I've, I've, not not just because he's on this call. I'm gonna because um, obviously. Dougie Brown was a, a pretty special player and, and I, I didn't get a chance to play with him a whole heap, but in terms of the grand scheme of things of how much involvement Wrighty's probably had, I would probably lean that direction. I agree with you. And do we do we uh do we offer Wrighty the captaincy? Do you want me to leave this so you can actually say what you really think? Yeah, there's a few guys that look like they want. There's a few guys that look like they want to say something. But they're all just kind of like, mm, right, okay. Oh, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll go off, and you can finish this <laughs> off. I think what Kyle said. What Kyle said. It's, it's difficult. I mean, I Puggy um, is, um, you know, we, we were the same age growing up. But I didn't actually ever play for Scotland with Dougie. You know, he was off doing his stuff at Warwickshire, and you know, you're never going to you know, on one level, what he did playing for England and playing for Warwickshire was, was quite outstanding, but same same level, let's let's be extremely, we've got the salt tyres on, yep. after all, what Wrighty did for Scottish cricket, you know, he he took over the captaincy when I gave up, and um, what he and Juddy did, you know, taking Scotland to the next level, you know, if, if we got them anywhere near the start line, you know, they were off sprinting, Um pretty quickly after that. So I think the, the longevity of his career as well, I think fully justifies his place. And um, he's got one or two good players in there to, to pull on for experience as well, um, not least the current skipper. Um, but yeah, let's let's be sentimental about it as well. So we have a team. To I'm just worried about McCallum. Is he going to have to bowl at the part-time offies? Yeah, yeah, Preston, Preston, do you not fancy that slot you've just given to Mac? Absolutely. No, 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 that's Neil's spot. Too many yeah. fans in the changing room. If we were going to argue it, um, I would be saying that would be a that would be an interesting. I, I think um, Preston, you would be, but the you know the fact that you're a night, you you know you love a bit of Neil McCallum. I love Neil McCallum as well. Good, good, <laughs> and you're giving him the spot. But I think you would have been given, if we are going to be really ruthless, I think it would have been a, a close close call there. I think I might have been considering putting you in the mix as well. But we have a team. Uh, it is as follows. Ian Phillip will open the batting with Kyle Kutzer. Callum McLeod will bat three. Ryan Watson will bat four. See, Rhino, I hope you're watching this. And I hope <laughs> you you know that it was me that got you in this team. Um, and you only... The, drink, the drinks guy, man. That's all I was good for for Rhino. Uh, all you got them in the team, Kaz, but you you binned them from this podcast. I think. But he's coming. He's coming on. He's coming on for another one. I've got. I've got lined up. So I've still got love for Rhino. Uh, will bat at five. Hammy will bat at six. Colin Smith at seven. Wrighty at eight, and we'll lead the side. Majid Hack at nine. Azim Butt at ten. Blaney at eleven. I think that's a pretty steady Scotland uh, World Cup team. Um, Shame they can't all play together at some at some point, uh, but no, that, that that looks pretty good, and that brings us, uh, chaps, to the end of uh, of what's been a really insightful podcast. I've really, really, really enjoyed it to be speaking to all of you guys um, about all the different campaigns, and there's been different things that have come up that I didn't actually know about. Um, and just as any final 
final words from any of your good selves? Well, I mean, no. if the old man speaks first, you know, I've, I've been sitting, um, Kyle maybe doesn't remember this, but uh, back in, I think it was 91, he played in the, the North Under-13s, a tournament at Merkiston School. I think he was nine years old at the time. His brother was in the team as well. And I was lucky enough to be the coach. And he had a size three bat. I mean, Kyle, he, you can imagine how tall he wasn't, aged nine, but he just had the most phenomenal technique. Couldn't hit the ball off the square at that stage. Um, and, and, and to see just how how he has developed, how Scottish cricket has developed over the time, as I say, is just absolutely phenomenal. And one of, one of the things I was always conscious of growing up that was that I didn't want to be that person who sat in the bar and was just a bore about how it was back in my day. Well, there's absolutely no way that I could do that because, you know, the, the way that cricket has just continued to develop um, over the years, you know, not least because of the contribution of the, the, the others on this podcast is just amazing. And I say well done to them all, genuinely. And... Good luck to Kyle and the guys in the future as well. Sorry, appreciate that. Thank you. I do. I, I, I'm. I remember that under thirteen tournament, but I, I'm not sure how much of it. I remember sitting in the shed at the end when they picked the teams, but I think it might have even been the year before then, when I actually the year after that I got selected. But no, I, um, I appreciate your well wishings for for this this current crop and. Look, we'll uh, do everything we can to, to make you all proud. Well, cheers, chaps. Thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much, Shaky. Good Thanks, Shaky. Good to see you all. Cheers, all right. guys.